Hello, Dave. How are you? Oh, I've never been better. I've truly never been better. Uh, how are never? you? Never? Find that hard to believe. Um, holding on. Yeah. You know. What's, um, what's, uh, what's uh, a day in your I, life? Uh, no one wants to hear this. It's all the same. I don't know. What am I? I, I we, there's a gym in the garage. Thank God. Uh, I have Great. a little, you know, still in a writer's room. So there's some zooming. Thank God. I'm sure. uh, just staring into the abyss. How about you? Just about the same, really. Um, yeah, like there's enough work to distract me from, yeah. you know, near constant dread. Uh, and, uh, you know, and then at 5 p.m. every single day, we now um, bring some folding chairs out into the front yard um, and a little tiny table. And we either pop up on a bottle of wine. Last night I made a, a pair of gin gimlets. Mm. And we watch the world go by. And, and are people, I love this ritual, are people engaging with you as you do this? Some are. Yeah, some, some are, and some are aggressively not. Okay. But, uh, but some, some will wave back. Some will, you know, make some, some chit-chat. Um, we, uh, we have a next-door neighbor who, um, and it's like a multi-generational family that all lives together, and the, uh, the matriarch will, uh, will sometimes come over with a, with a single glass of wine, sometimes a little bowl of pork rinds, and, uh, and she'll, she'll hang out with us. Now, she does have um, a, a, a granddaughter who I can only describe as very Curly Sue, who, uh, who will also sometimes come over and run around. And, and she's, she's for sure broken the uh, six-foot rule a few times. Like a Curly so we're Sue like, Yeah, she will. She will. And so when, when, when we have had other friends who are re- responsibly socially distancing and stopping by and saying hello and putting their chair 10 feet away, she'll ju- she just kind of runs around and it gets very close to them. So we're, we're going to have to have a talk with the neighbor about, the, about Curly Sue. That little scamp. He's, that little scamp. I'm not, I'm not trying to get sick because of Curly Sue. Um, but otherwise, it's really lovely. Had my first Jack sighting. Uh, he, he was one who did not engage. I waved and he did not wave back. He, he was walking by? He was walking by with his two little dogs. Wow. And, Ma- uh, mask yeah, on? Not, uh, no mask on. No mask Ugh. on. How is he looking? He looks good. He looks good. Yeah. Better in person. Wow. Yeah. Better in person? Okay. Yeah, I would say much better in person. Uh, yeah, and then, that, and then that's it. And then we, uh, you know, come inside and try to pay attention to a television show and fail and go to bed. That's how we do. Um, That's how we do in television this shows. There's a, a television show coming to our phones very soon featuring and, Dave Holmes. That's correct. And also our TV screens. Quibi is finally, has finally broken down and they're going to start letting you mirror because we're all trapped at home with really nice TVs. So it's ridiculous to be sitting and it's trying time. to watch oh, good. on our phones. But yes, Reno 911, May 4th, this coming Monday. Uh, new episodes every single day. I don't know which episode is mine. But I'm in the trailer, so I'm very happy. Oh my god, I have to see the trailer. Okay, yeah, the trailer what, just came out. Can today. you? I know you can't. You don't want to spoil anything. But what can you tell mm-hmm. us about what you're up to? Well, I I'm playing a new character. Um, I don't. I um, I named my character uh, Charles Rene Angelil, and I don't know. I don't know if that will make it in. Um, that's a that's a Celine Dion reference. Um, uh, but because because you have to live with courage. Uh, of course. And I, um, 
I play, yeah, you know what? I, I'm, I'm in scenes with uh, Wendy McClendon Covey and Carrie Kenny, and um, and it's it, it it mine was the first scene that they shot upon their return. So they hadn't worked together in like eleven years. Oh wow! Um, yeah, it just my the the scene that I'm in. There was there's a lot of um, stunts and uh, explosives and uh, and gunfire and whatever. So there was there was a heavy one. And they wanted to get it out of the way. So. Um, and I don't, I don't know where in the actual running order it is, but it is super duper. I, I had so much fun. I'm so excited to see it. I am so excited for it to be out there. The world needs it. I you know what else the world needs is uh, breaking news here at what? Homophilia. What? Which is that we are going to uh, be, uh, we're going to have a new theme song. It's coming. Yes, Mm-hmm. Uh, after three years, we've decided to change it up. Of course, uh, previous music and new music will be by, by Ben Wise, obviously. Yes. Yeah. But we wanted to tell but, people because it should be yeah. starting in next week's episode. But in the meantime, we're going to send out a uh, survey on Instagram and Twitter mm-hmm. or just Instagram. Or I don't know. You'll, I don't, you'll find I don't know that we figured that out. But on, on our social media and, feeds. Uh, because we're going to give you a couple options for a theme mm-hmm. song and yeah. want you to weigh in. And we know what we wanted to go with something a little, uh, I don't know what the word is. Mood, moodier maybe. Yeah. Yeah. These, these conversations get kind of heavy. And although the, the peppy theme music is a lot of fun, it often does not represent what the, right. the show is going to be. Right. That is the peppy theme music of kind of a hard comedy. And we are more of a, of a, you know, bittersweet dramedy. I'd like to think. Yeah. Yeah. A contemplative so the new drama. Yeah. I think the um, new theme music will represent that. Um, yeah. We have a few options. They are all snippets from Ben Wise's new album in the stars tonight available everywhere where albums are streamed. Uh, and we'll start getting little snippets out there so you can listen to them, immerse yourself in them, imagine yourself hearing them at the beginning of a homophilia episode. And then we'll, uh, we'll put it to a vote. Yes. Oh, so, also uh, weigh in. Yes, please do weigh in. Also, next Wednesday, May 6th, I guess it is, uh, I will be doing another sort of round-robin Instagram live with various uh, Earwolf hosts. Matt so McConkey, if you'd you, like to make an appearance, you absolutely I, I, I'm hoping, there, I haven't scheduled it yet because that happens to also be Michael Grassi's birthday. Oh. And Ooh, I think that okay. he might be getting a secret astrology reading right when you're doing Instagram live. He's in oh, the other room, shit. so I have to okay. speak quietly. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, that might, yeah, that might tie up the uh, the Wi-Fi. Either way, make sure you join Dave Holmes on there. Okay. Yeah, um, and we'll be doing it again, so we'll we'll get you in there at some point. There's no end also, in sight, so we we have time. Oh yeah, we will just keep on keeping on, and um, we next week's. I think is going to be a special re-release of a, a classic episode from the archives, but yeah. we also have a bunch of interviews that we've recorded. Big names are coming Huge down names. the pike. Down the pike. It's amazing what can happen when you do all this stuff over the internet. Like we don't people have to are, fly to New York to get New York people anymore. Yeah. They're way more avail. So we got your yeah. Carson Cressley's. We've got Ross Matthews. We've got Shangela. We've got your Rico mm-hmm. O'Hara. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, names on names. Names on names on names. And we're just getting started. 
so this is very exciting. Uh, today we have we got a double whammy today. We got a supersized episode. Talk about um, names on names. Talk about names on names. First up, a guy who uh, makes me laugh so hard. Um, our Eric Thomas is a, a columnist for L, uh, sort of a cousin in a great Hearst Media family. He has a, a weekly feature or a regular feature called uh, Eric Reads the News. And it's, it is so brilliant and funny and so dense with jokes. He has also just come out with a, with a memoir called Here For It that is very, very funny and very poignant. It legitimately made me laugh and cry. Um, it's a great book. If you're looking for some uh, quarantine reading, Here For It is a fabulous book. Yes, and he is a fabulous guest. Uh, we love him so much. And we also love so much our second guest, Todd Masterson, um, who is a writer and comedian. And you've probably seen him. Uh, his, he has an Instagram account that is setting the world on fire. That is yeah. at Gay Fat Friend, where he imposes his gorgeous self into... The uh, the Instagrams of people, I guess you would call them thoughts, kind of gay, thoughty, yeah. you know, a lot of abs and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, and he's such a delight. By the way, uh, the the quarantine age has done nothing to uh, to ease the uh, the national uh, dilemma of of thirst traps on the internet. Oh, if anything, it's made them worse. So many people, so many people. I don't, you know, I, I generally stay away, but you know what gets me is that I do look up a lot of uh, like just workout stuff on Instagram because it's so easily mm-hmm. available. And then what that turns into, I'm just going to show you, I know this is a visual thing that will not help anyone else, but my, uh, you know, su- suggestions page is literally all, I don't know if you can see this, it's all pictures of Jennifer Aniston pit bulls uh-huh. and like uh-huh. muscle muscle workout bros muscle boys that is, and that is not because i'm sitting here like look you know looking at uh oh horny thirst traps but just because i'm looking at workout bros what are you seeing there well um it's kind of the same beardy gay guys and Brecken meyer that's strange huh. i don't know what uh i don't know what i'm doing to to Bring Brecken Meyer into my feed, but you know what? I'm not complaining. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, I'm going to follow you, Brecken Meyer. Why not? There it is. Done. Wow, I'm so glad we got to that. Yeah. Um, it was important. Well, yeah. Oh well. In the meantime, uh, enjoy our Eric Thomas and our and Todd, Todd Masterson. We are back with our Eric Thomas. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. How are I, you? <laughs> uh, never better. <laughs> I, you know, mm-hmm. like living Good. the best version of my life uh, within the confines of my own home. Uh-huh. I, I love saying your name, especially in this context, because it sounds like we're calling you our Eric Thomas, like collectively yeah. the Eric Thomas of the <laughs> uh-huh. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Like it's very, it's very sort of like, I am like a part of a socialist structure. I just belong to the people. Um, mm-hmm. One of my, like my an ex-girlfriend of mine first like was like, oh, I feel like it's our, it's our Eric. I belong, you know, you belong to everybody. And I was like, oh, I'm stealing that. So that's all my handles are now our Eric. Um, it's, it's kind of just become the brand, the brand. Mm-hmm. Ugh, listen to me. I'm disgusting. No, you got to Listen, do it. Get into it. 
You are okay. a globe. You are then America's next global brand. <laughs> oh, great! Yeah, that that's going yeah. so well. <laughs> uh, well, so thank you, you for for being here for yeah. this uh, stop on your book tour. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it it moved from being in person to being a book tour that happens completely from my study, uh, which is uh-huh. great for me because I don't uh, like wearing pants. I'm just here in my. I actually am wearing my Mac Weldon underwear. I wore it specifically for this. Uh, oh, wow, I love it because I. So you can speak. Yeah. To the comfort and durability. They're literally, I'm not even just saying this. They were like my favorite, they're my favorite underwear. Um, and I bought them because of you. You, I hear every time I put them on, I hear your voice, Dave, uh, because I use the code. Like it's ridiculous. I feel like such a weird fan, but I'm like, I'm wearing your underwear. Um, Oh, I love it. I love it. We don't even have to record ads this week. We can (laughs) just replay this. We've done it. Interview. Mm. I just took off the Mac Weldon, uh, sweatpants to put on, Khaki pants to feel as though I am on the job. So are you okay? So you're one of those people who dresses for work from home. I mean, kind of. You can see me. I'm in a long sleeve T-shirt and khakis that you can't see. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I do try. Okay. I can't be in pajamas all day. Yeah. What about you, man? You? Are you? Well, it. I do. I agree. Lately, I have been trying to put on a a pant with a button and a zipper mm-hmm. for working from home, just to sort of get into that mental space. I will admit today, because I was in such a rush, I am wearing gym shorts, and you deserve better, Eric. I know. Um, but yeah, I, but you're completely pantsless other than your Mac Weldon's right now. Yeah, is what you're saying. yeah. I mean, like, Great. well, okay. Yeah, like, because I work from home all the time, and, um, and like I've been working from home for like two years, so I don't have any good habits whatsoever. Like I'm completely chaotic. Um, and so like I can't ever make myself get dressed even like in like the zoo like moving to zoom i never zoom you know because i just i write all day and right. so like moving to like zoom meetings has been destructive i'm like oh i should wear a shirt i should like should people are going to see me like it's like i'm like i put on i'm not wearing pants but i'm wearing like a little bit of concealer so this is that's where we are with like <laughs> my level of are. sanity well your home study looks very cozy well thank you yeah we have we have this wall of uh, of books. Uh, I always wanted a Beauty and the Beast bookshelf, uh, like si- library situation. Mm-hmm. So this is like the beginning of that. You know who has a Beauty and the Book uh, Beast bookshelf or library is M Night Shyamalan. Um, oh, he has a house really? in Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, he has this gorgeous house in Pennsylvania. Did an event there once. I'm just you know going to drop that. Um, and uh, go ahead. And his his wife. They have a foundation, and his wife uh, uh, was telling us uh, that. She, when he first started out, he was like, look, I'm not a, I'm not a great bet. I want to be a director. I don't know if this is going to work out, but if I do uh, become successful, I promise you, I'm going to build you a Beauty and the Beast library. And she's like, great, that's all I want. And so like, you know, he became M. Night Shyamalan and like, they have this beautiful, huge, huge room that looks just like the Beauty and the Beast library, but like, you know, brought into the modern age. It's really gorgeous. Wow. So So that involves ladders on, on like casters or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and like a spiral staircase and these huge floor, like two story floor to ceiling window. Oh my god, it's stunning. It's really, and I don't feel like it's like inappropriate to say it because like he has like he has events there all the time. You know, it wasn't like he was yeah, like sure. coming to my house. Don't tell anybody. It's me <laughs> yeah. night. You know, no, he wants this out there. Yeah, I mean, I hope go so. Go to his house and just run your fingers across the spines. Of- oh my god, there's so many. It must be like must be a thousand books. It's wild. So that's my goal. Eric, you do a uh, a column in L mm-hmm. called Eric Reads the News, which is indispensable. 
Uh, it makes the news uh, actually funny and uh, and cathartic. Um, what uh, what have you read recently? What's what's stuck in your craw this this particular week? Oh my lord! You know it's really hard. Like this particular moment has been really weird with like pulling things out of the news um, mm-hmm. to make fun of um, because mm, nothing's funny. Um, uh, yeah, I like. Yeah, what keep- do you do when we're in such dire? Well, you know, situations. Like last week, uh, I've been writing a lot about working from home, and um, and then there were some penguins who got to like roam free in the Chicago Zoo, and I was like, these people, these penguins are my like icons. But mostly, mm-hmm. I've been we've been doing we started a new series um, called Remote Rewind, where I watch um, different genres of movies and uh, write about them through the lens of like our present moment. So I wrote about rom coms mm-hmm. uh, two weeks ago. Because every rom-com is essentially about loneliness and isolation. So I was like, great, this is a great way into talking about where we are. And then this last week, I read about musicals. Um, and that worked out really, really well. Uh, my favorite was um, writing about Hello, Dolly. Because it's basically like a, a story of one woman who really wants to go back to her favorite restaurant. And I was like, I identify with that deeply. Um, yeah. You, you also wrote, I wanted to ask you specifically about um, a headline that I just spotted that says, ignoring bad news is not the answer in the whiz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, there's definitely some parallels between our leadership um, and Eveline. Uh, and the whiz is like one of my all-time favorite movies and like one of the formative experiences of my entire life. Like seeing all those, you know, the... If you haven't seen The Wiz, like there's a, you know, the moment when the witch is killed and then like there's, she has all these like weird like gremlin people in her little sweatshop and they all like unzip their skins and like out of their skins come these live black uh, dancers wearing like basically just underwear, like bras and panties and then like briefs. And I remember seeing that when I was like 12 years old and being like, oh, this is uh, everything that I've ever needed in my life. Just like beautiful da- black people like <sighs> dancing in their underwear. I haven't seen it in ages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's I not like back. a current event. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I went back recently to show Michael, my boyfriend, he'd never seen it. And uh, the vinyl is on heavy repeat in mm. our house. And uh, I, it's, it's weird to say this because I was a f- fanatic Wizard of Oz kid. So mm-hmm. I've, of course, also latched on to the Wiz at a very young age. But like, it it does hold up better than the Wizard of Oz in many ways. I think so too. Like, I think it's doing a lot. You know, they're trying to do this commentary on being black in the seventies on top of this like super soul gloss on the Wizard of Oz. But like the whole piece is just so, the swing is so big. You're like, yeah, okay. I, I, I'm still into this. This is great. It's one of the best. Um, what else have you been finding comfort in watching, listening to, reading? <clears throat> oh man, um, I like. So I have to say, everybody is talking about this show, Tiger King, and I'm like, I'm the one person who hasn't watched it. I'm like, I don't know. I'm going, okay. I don't know. But I have. Uh, I recently decided to start binge watching the morning show uh, on Apple TV. Oh, uh, yeah. Like my friend. Did you see me. Matt McConkie just perk all the way up? Are you <laughs> spot this Jennifer Aniston calendar here? Oh, I could yes. do a full office tour of the Jen memorabilia in my home. But okay, so I want like so I want to know what you think about that because I I'm obsessed with this show. Like it's so I was like I don't know I don't know I don't know, and then I watched it and I was like oh Jennifer Aniston is furious constantly. She has this 
Faye Dunaway doing Joan Crawford talking to the Pepsi executives moment where she like curses out the whole board of whatever her network is, U- UBA, I think it's called. Um, like it's, she's, it's so refreshing to see her fully lean into a completely different characterization um, than she's sort of known for. And I just like, I really like the show. I don't know why, because it, it feels to me, sometimes like it's, it's a little bit of like a dark comedy, like Succession. And sometimes it's like, I don't know. Sometimes it's like the good what the good fight where or the good wife slash fight where it's like we're topical and we're sort of working through different challenges. But I'm obsessed with it. I don't know. I I I, I presume you are as well. I flew all the way through it as quickly as I could, and okay. you know devoured it and and felt similarly about. Um, are you watching Little Fires Everywhere by any chance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, I was, okay. So I've only seen the first episode of that, but I'm also equally obsessed. One because it's like a 90s fiesta like they're they're like if there are 90s reference we can make every three seconds we're going to do it um and reese is great and carrie washington's great yeah i felt similarly about both of them where there are times where i'm like i have no idea what the what i'm watching but i it goes down so easy and it just looks so beautiful that i'm i'm just you know in yeah Mm -hmm. there's a real it's so interesting there's a real glossiness um and not, I don't know, this is, I'm not a filmmaker, so I don't know, this is not a technical term, but they're like, the, the aesthetic is so pleasing uh, for the morning show particularly, um, that it just like, it feels good to, to, to put into my eyeballs, which is just really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Women drinking wine is my favorite television genre. Oh my so gosh, yes. Any, anytime I can get that, I'm happy. <laughs> so I understand, Eric, your trepidation about taking on Tiger King because it is uh-huh. so uh, gross mm-hmm. and and everyone on it, you can tell even before you've seen a single frame of it, you can tell that every single person on it is going to disgust you in some unique and specific way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but but it's it's inter- it's worth it. It's worth it. I we we are finding that we can get through a maximum of one episode at a time. Okay. Okay. Like I, it seems, it feels like the way people were talking about, it, it feels like the podcast S town, which I was really into, yeah. but it was like, yeah, also so, yeah. it took me a while to get through because I was like, this is, these are people who are, there's a darkness here. Um, yeah, so it really is. we'll see. I'm, I'll, I'll probably get to it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like, I don't know. I, you know, I've been, I, I, I just got, um, Oh, my husband, I just got my husband into uh, watching Fleabag. And so um, he Ooh. watches TV much slower than I do. And so he'll be like, okay, we'll watch one episode tonight. And I'm like, what do you mean one episode? We're going to watch the whole season tonight. Um, of course. Yeah. But yeah, so we watched season one uh, two weeks ago and season two last week. And like, he was like, this is the best show. And I was like, I know. Welcome to two years ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's so good. It's so good. It's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. This has nothing to do with anything, uh, Eric, but I, I just wonder if you have any insight on it because it popped into my head last night and now I can't stop thinking about it. Mm-hmm. How do you think Richard Simmons is right now? Oh, that's a, such a good question. I'm so glad you asked. Um, okay. Uh, no, because like, honestly, like I, for whatever reason, I was thinking about that recently myself. Um, I was, there's a couple of celebrities who I'm like, oh, I wonder. I was also thinking about Little Richard also, just like, I guess all Richards. Oh, yeah. Sending blessings out to all <laughs> Richards in the world. Um, <laughs> Um, I don't, I, 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 the document or the podcast, um, 
did not leave me feeling like Richard Simmons was in like a good space. Um, right. It feels very much and like and so right now I'm like okay, like I think he's probably doing okay because we all need to sort of just like stay in our houses and that seems to be, you know, uh, what he's doing. But I just like. I don't know that the people around him uh, have his best interests in mind, and I don't know how right. to help in that respect. You know, you can't go fund yeah, me like know. rescue Richard Simmons. I wonder I know, if he if he knows what's happening right now because yeah. I think we're all living the, a version of the life that he's been living for years. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Well, it's like and like it's very. Okay. It's very possible, yeah, that he is just fully like somebody has. Uh, the news from uh, 11 years ago on just on a loop. Yeah. And he just thinks that that's what's going on. Which like, I mean, I guess it's not a terrible way to be like, I often, right. I ask myself, you know, I try to be off of social media on weekends. Um, and it really does feel like putting oh, myself God. into an isolation chamber. I always fail. I always fail. I'm like, Oh, it's Saturday. I'm not going to be on Twitter. And then like literally like, you know, six o'clock PM. I'm like, I tweeted my entire day. Uh, I just like, <laughs> yeah. I woke up. I was like, good morning, ladies. Um, but like, I do feel like there is something really beautiful about, um, just sort of being disconnected for just a minute, you know, like whatever's going on with, um, with like Shelley Duvall, like, you know, like maybe like there's a little bit of relief from the anxiety that we're all feeling. Although I do think that, you know, the trade-off of captivity by your assistance is not good. So it's not great. I, I, and I'm sorry to go. Uh, can we go just go back? Is something going on with Shelley Duvall that I'm not aware of? Or is that just an arbitrary? No, I believe so. Um, yeah. I don't know. I like see, This is one of those weird little pop culture things where I'm like, it's just in my head. And I'm like, is this true? But yeah, I, like there is something going on with Shelley Duvall. And I don't, well, I don't she's know more. Very, very, very mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And, oh. and she went on Dr. Phil yes. a couple years ago. Um, because somebody told her to do that and it was a terrible idea. And she's, she, I think it's just severe schizophrenia. Okay. Okay. So but she's I, I don't know severe. that she's like in any kind of captivity unless she's, you know, in a facility or something, but Richard Simmons lives to heal. You know yeah. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this is, if, the, if ever there were his, his moment, this is it. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. you saw his antics during hurricane Katrina, but they, they healed me personally. Right, right. And like, I mean, you know, everybody who knows how to do a work from home uh, workout is experiencing a resurgence. So like this, yeah, this is ultimately his moment. Um, And, you know, it's like that. What's that meme? You know, the minute we needed him the most, he he disappeared. Um, He disappeared. But yeah, like, I mean, I feel like anybody, uh, people must be chomping at the bit to like get a Zoom in his house and just be like, Richard, like, give us something. Give us a leg lift or something. Give us us (laughs) a leg lift, Richard. (laughs) The outcry that that resulted from that podcast, I I find it hard to believe that he wouldn't catch wind of that and be like, okay, I'm going to make one statement, or I'm going to do, I'm going to send one video to the fans or something. You you would think I yeah. like one of my big questions. You know, I'm very I'm looking forward to becoming like famous beyond my wildest imagination, and then being um, uh, bamboozled by my assistants. Um, and I think my biggest question is like, wh- at what point do you sort of seed um, responsibility for uh, keeping your keeping yourself up to date and keeping yourself like on on the beat, you know, and like I because yeah. it does feel like I'm constantly googling myself, and at some point, like I guess Richard Simmons is like, you'll tell me if there's news about me, and that's got to be I don't know what that negotiation is. That's strange to me. Yeah, but but there's beauty in it in a strange way. I mean, after a certain point, what do you want except to live in the beautiful home that you've created? 
you Fair. know, and just yeah. never leave and eat yeah. nice meals that somebody else cooks you. That's true. And I mean, if okay. they're slowly poisoning you, then, you know, that's the trade off. Right. Well, it does feel like, you know, I have some concerns uh, similarly about Britney Spears, but I feel like she has really like embraced this uh, seating of control, just sort of, you know, and I yeah. don't think it's good for her. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but she does seem to be like, I'm living in my little, in my fancy castle. Uh, I have thoughts that I put on the internet. They're not censored. Uh, and I do fashion shows. And that seems like a great life. Speaking of Britney, who, who are your sort of pop icons? Uh, if you have them? Oh, I'm, um, do I have them? My God. <laughs> I'm black and I'm gay. I better. Jesus. Um, uh, I'm a huge uh, Beyonce fan. Uh, I'll, you know, I'm just part of the hive. I'll do anything um, for Beyonce. I think about, like, I really feel like that moment, there was a moment in the mid-2000s mid where um, it was like Beyonce's I'm Sasha Fierce came out and then Future Sex Love Songs came out. Um, or maybe it was the order was reversed and then everything was being filtered through glee. And I feels like that is where my brain got stuck. Uh, and I'm like, yep, yeah. I just live there like covers of pop songs and anything Beyonce puts out. Um, huge Rihanna fan. I just think Rihanna is so smart. And I love that every album is you can play it beginning and end, but really it's just, she's just like, here's your bop. And then do you want other music? Fine. Okay. Um, but it's like got a single and, uh, and a perspective and that's that. Um, I actually, uh, I, I, I am really into Dua Lipa's new album. Um, and it feels, oh, I feel like a poser saying that, but like, I really do like it. Um, and it has, it has that feel where like you listen to the songs and immediately your skin is like slick with a little bit of sweat and like, like summer grit and like everyone's wearing a tank top and like, you know, there's like, and, and everybody is a potential hookup. It's. And like, I feel like literally like 30 years younger um, when I listen to it. I'm just like, oh man, I'm going to go dance on a roof. I'm like, Eric, you're never going to yeah. see a roof again in your life. <laughs> it is the perfect. Well, I mean, I, I do wish that we could be in a club together dancing to it, but in mm -hmm. every other way, it is the perfect record for right now. And I'm so jealous of, uh, of the young gays. Yeah, I am too. I like, and I like, I like my life right now. You know, I, like I'm 38 and I'm like, you know, things are good, but like, I really do miss that sort of hectic, sort of chaotic, um, um, sort of sad period where you're like, you know, you're out every night and like, um, and there's a, there's a million boys and um, there's a million possibilities and every song is your song. Um, and, uh, and you have the energy. I don't have the energy to like stand up at concerts anymore. I'm just like, is it seated? Yeah, great. No, then I'll it. go. Yeah. I saw Macy Gravy the other day and I was like, this is great. She's going to do a quick hour. I'll sit the entire time. And uh, then I'll go home. <laughs> How was Macy holding up? She's great. She was really, really good. She didn't do. She didn't do most of her hits. Um, she did relating to a psychopath for literally twelve minutes. Um, I lost my entire mind. I was like, "This is so good." Everybody there was like in their uh, like forties and fifties, and I was surprised because I assumed I was like eighteen when like uh, when uh, uh, the id came out, um, maybe nineteen. Um, and so a couple years younger when her first uh, album came out and I was like, oh, I thought her fan base was all like, like sad teenage boys in the nineties. And I'm like, my friend who I went with was like, no, I think she was probably played on like adult contemporary for people who had jobs yes. back then. Did not know, was not aware. Um, back to Dua Lipa for a moment. Um, your take on good in bed, 
that seems to be the most polarizing song from Future Nostalgia. And and yeah. we'll open this up to the whole table. Matt, have you heard the the new Dua Lipa? I, I just listened to it, but I, and I don't know which song you're talking to. But Second talking to last about, track, we'll, we'll the one that doesn't sound like the rest. Oh yeah, see, it didn't really make an impression. The last two, the last yeah. one, I don't like. Um, and the yeah, I don't really have like. I honestly, I feel like bad. I don't even have a hot take. I'm sort of like, mm, I don't know. It didn't. It didn't. Yeah, it's do anything to me. Uh, I, I believe it was Louis Vertel who described it as a little morazzy, and he's not wrong. <laughs> but it's grown on me. It's grown. On I don't me. think that's what she was going for. No, no. She wanted but it to does be have that Lily Allen kind of, you know, mm-hmm, kind of feel mm-hmm. to it. It's not exactly right for her, but it has grown on me. Well, and like it's interesting because so much of the album sounds. I mean, most of the album does actually, honestly, sound like uh, Future Sex Love sounds to me, or like a little like Timberland uh, in general. Um, and so it's. Uh, oh, and also like very sort of, um, is it Nelly and Brulia I'm thinking of? I don't know. It, sounds, it feels very nostalgic um, um, yeah. to me. Um, but it also, every every track is like a little, it reaches, seems to me, uh, reaches for different artists, which I think is really cool and interesting. Yeah, I love her. Uh, yeah, finally, I, I, this is, oh, sorry, go ahead, Matt. No, I just, I, I liked the singles when they came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sort of grabbed me and then the rest of the album was fine. That, mm. That's my thing, which is a non-take. But I, what I was going to say is that I, ju- I think all right now I feel like, I almost feel like the real icons have like a responsibility to give us, like I feel like yes. Rihanna, it's yes. time. I know she's, yes. I think she's not actually doing like real relief work and stuff, which I salute her for. But yeah. I'm also like, we need your album. I yeah. need uh, Beyonce, uh, even Britney. I need mm-hmm. something of that magnitude. Yeah. yeah, Carly Rae has that disco album that she buried in her backyard. She needs to get a shovel and get it out. Like we need yeah. it. If not now, yes. when? Hello. I mean, um, I the uh, a news story that I that came out in the last week that I was like, I cannot wait to read Eric's take. Uh, can Britney run the hundred meters faster? Than oh my god, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I love. I like what I love about that story is is that like it. It's very much like the her iconic tweet where she's like she's so she has something about like world hunger or something and then she's like does anybody like Lady Gaga she's an interesting artist and like it's totally like like her way like her way of phrasing things removed from context becomes just like deranged and so like you read her Instagram post where she's like I ran this I ran really quickly or you know ran a five minute um, whatever she ran and did the hundred meter dash and like it's very easy to see how one gets there. Um, and how she got there. But I'm like, I don't think Britney's running a hundred meters. I think I like, <laughs> but I also am just sort of like, what else is she, what else is she got to do? Like, she's like, look, I stay yeah. in my Vegas house or wherever she lives. And every day I train, I'm like, great. That's me. That's going to be me in a hundred days. I'm like, I also ran a hundred meters around my living room. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those that I saw. And like the, the times that we're living in are so utterly bizarre that it was like Britney Spears says she ran the hundred meters faster than Usain Bolt. <laughs> And I was like, uh huh, mm-hmm. and then yeah. j- it just yeah. it didn't even it didn't even stick. Yeah, yeah. The river like, yeah. of content is rushing. Well, you know, like Brittany says, sometimes I run, sometimes I hide. I'm like, great, you already said you laid the groundwork. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when someone tells you who they are, you believe them. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Brittany, yeah, the first time. Yeah, <laughs> Brittany can do anything. That's absolutely right. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back. 
How long have you and your husband been married? Uh, we've been married, I'm looking at the, uh, three, uh, almost four years. We were married in October 2016. Oh, how did, and you, how did meet? you meet? Well, oh, I love I love talking about how we met. It's like so annoying because like one, we met in person, um, uh, which is very rare. Um, and I like I'm a, I'd see a little bit sad about it because I love the ro- like the weird romance of apps, um, uh, which is like nobody thinks that like nobody's like oh man we're gonna like meet the perfect guy on grinder but i'm like mm, i wish i met the perfect guy on grinder um but i was uh so he's a pastor and we were um he was on a panel that i hosted uh or that i you know moderated at the lgbt community center in philadelphia um it was like a bunch of people different queer people of faith and they asked me to moderate for reasons i'm still confused about um because i didn't at that point i didn't go to church and um I didn't like have any relationship to this panel, but they asked me to do it. Um, and he was so captivating that um, I just like ignored everybody else and just talked to him the entire time, the entire panel. Um, and afterwards I asked him, you know, I was like, you know, what's your deal? Like, you know, we should hang out. I was like, and like, I couldn't figure out how to flirt with a pastor. So I was like, I'm going to come to your church, which is not what you say to flirt with a pastor because then he's immediately like, Oh, this is, there's a boundary here. And I, have never met a boundary. Um, so he handed me his business card, which had his like church email address on it. And I was like, I can't send nudes to a church. So I'm confused about what we're supposed to do here. But the thing that I didn't know is that prior to the reason that he agreed to be on the panel is that he had seen me hosting a, a storytelling show that I host called The Moth. And um, the like, he went with one of his, one of our, one, our, our friends now, and his, the friend was like, oh, you should marry the host. He's cute, which is great. And I like to always add that in. Um, I'm sure. cute. And, uh, mm-hmm. and David, my husband, was like, oh, I can't marry him. He's too famous for me, which is my favorite opinion about me, wow. uh, that I'm too famous for things. So anyway, um, a couple months go by, and then he um, came to a, a, one, a one-person show I was doing um, about how single I was and how I was also looking for, I was looking for a boyfriend and a relationship with God. And then this pastor showed up and I was like, okay, well, here you are. And then we went on like four dates and five days and uh, then got married. <laughs> Where'd you go first? Um, where do we go first? What was our first date? Oh, this is a, that's a good question. Oh, we went to this Italian, uh, this like little Italian restaurant, very homey. I'm sorry if you can hear like the trash truck outside. Um, um, and it's part uh, of the ambience of daily life. Right. Getting right. used to. <laughs> yes. Society continues without me. Um, and uh, yeah, we went to this cute little Italian restaurant, very homey, and we just talked about um, we just talked about like uh, dinner parties and how like the like the sort of a, a theory around dinner parties and how like everything happens um, uh, around a table, you know. Um, and uh, it was because you know, we were at this homey restaurant, and also because we were just sort of also trying to set intentions for each other. Like we both wanted to live lives where we were in community with people that we loved and we were making community and I was really, it's really important to me to eat constantly. Um, and so, uh, like we just sort of united across there. Our third date was to the Harry Potter festival. Um, uh, which is a thing that happens in Chestnut Hill, um, in, uh, right just North of Philadelphia. And 
David looks a bit like Harry Potter. He's got a you know round, um, boyish face, and he had curly uh, brown hair at the time, and uh, and glasses. And so he and he loves Harry Potter, and he's like, "Let's go to this thing." They like you can ride the regional rail up there, and they have Quidditch and you know mead and all these things. And so I was like, "Great!" So I'm wearing jeans and a hoodie because I'm at that time uh, like 32, 33 years old. Um, and he shows up in his full graduation gown. Um, um, and with a, a scar, like a lightning bolt scar above his eye and, um, and a wand, uh, and a, um, what's the house Gryffindor scarf. Like he dressed uh-huh. in full costume and I, like we looked at each other across the, the train platform where we met and we both, I think we're thinking like, I've, uh, miscalculated what this situation is right <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> And is he similar age range or what are we talking uh, about? He's, uh, he's five years younger than me. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. So still so. a very much grown man uh, in yeah. Harry Potter. Just a grown, like an adult Cosplay. person dressing like Harry Potter. Um, it was really <laughs> sweet. It was really lovely. <laughs> That's beautiful. And when you, in those early days, when you're still getting comfortable with each other, did you ever feel the need to sort of edit yourself or I'm just sort of imagining myself in your shoes and being on a date with a pastor feels Mm -hmm. intimidating. Well, yeah. Like, like maybe there were like initially some, like some questions, like, you know, there's a big question of like, can I curse around this person? But like, then he would curse and I'd be like, great, this is fine. But even like after we've been dating for a while, there'd still be points where I would like, you know, like maybe not drop an F bomb at home. Um, and then I just realized, like, oh, I just curse more than him. It's okay. It's not like, you know, he's, like, you know, very pious. But he's very liberal, and, like, he's a part of uh, um, the Presbyterian church. Um, and so uh, I realized that I was coming from a super conservative, super constrictive um, uh, church upbringing, and he just didn't have any of those um, uh, parameters in his life. And so, like, you know, he's, he's very, like, uh, politically liberal and, like, um, you know, he's like uh, in terms of like queer politics. He's like, you know, we we have we have similar understanding of like how we exist in the world as queer people. So like, I, like it became very very clear very early that like I didn't actually have to be anymore. I didn't have to be a good person. <laughs> and did your or how did your relationship to God evolve as your relationship with Him evolved? I think that's, I mean, you know, that's a question I get a lot because I write about him in my book a lot um, and, and write about faith. And it's something that, like, if I were writing this as, uh, as fiction, I think I would have found myself, like, in harmony both with God and with, like, with, like, love relationship at the same time. Instead, it sort of exposed, um, it sort of put into a different light for me how much church is just another form of um, uh, man-made structure. Um, so uh, I don't know, like, in fact, I don't really go to church that, that often to his church because it's kind of like just like watching him at work, you know? Um, I tell people it's like, well, if, you know, it's like if he was a bank teller, it'd be like me going to watch him process loans and count money. Um, and I get stressed, you know, I get stressed about like, uh, like all the, he's, it's like running a church is like running a small nonprofit. So there's like money stuff and people stuff and, um, and building stuff. And that all sits in my mind. So I, um, it's actually made my relationship with God. Um, I've had to be even more like intentional. Um, like there's just not things that I can say, like, 
you know, I grew up like thinking like, you pray, uh, you ask for things. And like, you know, in this particularly in this moment, you know, um, I asked myself a lot of questions like, what is prayer? Is prayer just talking to yourself? Is prayer talking to God? If I ask God, is it like a, an ATM where I'm just like, God, I'd like to not get sick. And I'd like my family to not get sick. And God's like, here you go. That's not how it works. So I don't know. Um, and so it, it makes me think a lot of more than I used to. Right. And, and what do you think? What, what is prayer? Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, like, I feel like it feels like said, like, I think in the best iteration of prayer, it feels like setting an intention, putting positive energy out into the world. So sure. Great. Um, I, I am curious and like, I don't like, I don't have a theological training. So I'm sure there's theologians out there who could set me straight or, you know, whatever. But I like, I don't quite understand. God already knows, you know, uh, what we want, right? Like, so what is my, what is, what am I doing telling God, you know? Um, so I think a lot of times it's nicer to sort of pray as a kind of conversation, like therapy. I love talk therapy. I go to, I love my therapist so much. And like, I'm like, okay, well, I guess God's just like a therapist who doesn't talk back. Right. How are, how are you doing therapy now? Are you zooming? Or are we you are in person. We're zooming. Yeah. Yeah. We are. Um, We've been zooming for uh, a couple of weeks now, um, and uh, I, I thought uh, the the first time we did it, I thought we're because we're using this like secure platform or whatever. And uh, the first time I thought it was just going to be a phone call, um, and I log in, uh, and it's his face, and I was like, oh, okay, I should put on clothes. Um, and uh, this, that's my constant theme. I'm like, don't wear your clothes. <laughs> um, so it's weird. I don't know. Do you all are you all do you all go to therapy? Do you do like teletherapy? Well, I go every other week um, mm-hmm. and I'm due, I guess, th- well, I would be due this week, but he didn't have an appointment, so it would be next week. And I think probably starting in the next one, we'll do, we'll do Zoom. But a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, he was still seeing people in person. And he still okay. might be. Oh, wow. Okay. That is an yeah. essential service. Oh, I didn't know Absolutely. that. I mean, like, I think it's essential. I just didn't know that. I don't know. Oh, maybe. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. I- I usually do phone uh, appointments anyway because okay. I live in East LA and my therapist is in Beverly Hills, which is, might as well be another state. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I did do a Zoom uh, hypnotherapy session recently, Ooh. which I strongly recommend. Okay, what, tell it was tell us everything. really fun. It was recommended by a couple friends who were who are not. Uh, you know what you would describe as like particularly woo woo people mm-hmm. and um and i did this zoom session with her and uh for the first, you know, for the first like 20 minutes you're just sitting and, and kind of kind of having a conversation about what you want to like work on and then i have to like set the laptop up lie down headphones on and go under essentially and the thing that surprised me most was how effective it was. It wasn't that I, I forgot that I was in my house and that I was on a Zoom call with a hypnotherapist, you know, but that when she says like, you're, you know, you, you close your eyes and now they're so heavy that you wouldn't be able to open them if you tried. And I really was like, oh yeah, no, can't, she's right. Cannot open my eyes. Wow. That's the level of like relaxation I experienced. It was very cool. 
That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, because one of my big obstacles with Zoom that I'm, you know, I guess I'll have to figure out is that it, I'm always conscious of the artifice, you know, uh, and like the, the, the how, how much it's not the thing that we want it to be, um, mm -hmm. which is like a face-to-face -face conversation. So it's amazing that you were able to have that hypnosis connection through Zoom. That's, that's wild. Yeah, I do think it helps to not look at yourself, for me anyway, mm -hmm. I hide the self view on uh, Zoom because mm -hmm. I will look at my, I will be constantly checking in and shocked by my appearance. Um, <laughs> this helps with the self-consciousness. Anyway, um, Eric, but prior to meeting your husband, how would you characterize your dating life? Uh, what like just like a complete mess and it's a real shame um like I just was always dating the wrong people and I just I had a big I had a romantic I still do I have a romantic heart and a neurotic brain uh which would make for a great rom-com heroine uh, or hero um but it did not work very well in reality um and I didn't I wish I was bolder to be honest like I think like I, I just don't understand why people don't shoot their shot. And I don't understand why I didn't shoot my shot with a lot more people. Uh, so I didn't date a lot. Um, I didn't hook up that much, hooked up more than I dated. Um, and, but it was never what I wanted. It was always like, it was always the sort of, it was like when you go to a restaurant and they're like, oh, actually we're out of like all the things you like, but would you like to try like this like weird chowder? And you're like, I guess I'll have it. I'm hungry. And that was the thing. I was just mm -hmm. always hungry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, no, no shade to like any of my like three and a half exes who are listening to this, but like, you know, whatever, like, obviously we are all aware it wasn't what either one of us wanted, which is a shame, you know? And were any of those like serious enough relationships that they ended in, you know, an explosion? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was, um, yeah, one was one uh, guy we dated for about two years and we lived together and I thought. Uh, I remember waking up one day and being like, I guess we should think about getting married, um, which is like, again, like there was no reason behind it. I was just like, well, we've been dating for two years. Um, and I just always wanted to be married, I think. Um, and he like soon after, I didn't say anything about it, but soon after that uh, we like went out drinking one night and he was like, I'm miserable. Uh, I'm moving back home um, and we should break up. And I was like, Hmm. So I think we were on different, tracks uh yeah. we're not quite seeing eye to eye so what if we get married and then you move away how about that um but no <laughs> so that like you know just like constant i cried for months it was really uh, a mess i cried at everybody i would just like call up be like calling up old friends like hey haven't talked to you in a while so um this thing happened and if i could talk to you about it it was really bad oh. <laughs> and as a romantic do you ever miss the the drama of dating and heartbreak now that you're happily married? Oh, yes, so much. And the thing is, you get it a little bit with friends um, mm -hmm. and you get it with... Um, that's... I miss... The thing I miss so much is the spark that like that energy like that energy that you get when you're with somebody, you meet somebody out or you go on a date um, or you're like, you know, just like whatever, you're on the same kickball team or whatever. And it's like, you're like, oh, we're both like, into each other um and it could be anything and that's the thing i love about you know queer life is that it really could be anything it could be like you could hook up and never talk to each other again you could be friends friends with benefits you could get married whatever you know uh you can end up you know running for president together i don't care it doesn't matter um yeah. and like 
I do miss that because even now, you know, um, in like, you know, there's not like a, lot, a lot of like structures or boundaries around our, our, our marriage, but like even meeting people now, it doesn't have that same energy um, because, you know, people have, people are busier and people have uh, their own lives and relationships. And there's not like the sort of question of like, are we, are we going to, are we going to do something that could be something uh, like magical and explosive? And i like, I, I really do miss that. Hmm. Does that make sense? Do you like, do you like, it does. You know, yeah, it does. Do you miss that? Yeah. Do you miss like the spark? <sighs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, it, it can it can come out in other ways. Like mm-hmm. new friendships can feel very exciting in that way. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but you know, we, we are trained to only think of these things in terms of you know sex and romance. So yeah, it's difficult to turn that chunk off. And I think also the thing with friendships, I mean, this is the, this is the constant struggle that I have, like making adult friendships. Cause I, like I moved from Philadelphia where I lived for like 15 years I moved to Baltimore back home, uh, two years ago for David's job. And so I had to like remake all my adult friends. And, um, I think the, the figuring out how to seal the deal part of like the, the spark of friendship is, uh, is still complicated. Cause I remember after, um, my first date with David, we like, I walked, we talked for four hours and I walked him, um, midway across town and he was like, where are you are? Do you live over here? And I was like, no, I live in an opposite direction. I'm just walking. Um, and he was like, he said to me like three times, like a sort of like incantation. He was like, I had a great time. We should do this again. Um, and it feels like, and like it finally clicked in like, oh, this is actually going to happen. Like we're going to see each other again. And to get to that place with like adult friendships, it feels like you have to really be like, I really enjoy grabbing this drink with you and we should set a time next week to also be friends still and perhaps yeah. share a part of our lives, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it's um, it's work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like now I just, I mean, I just met this, uh, this person um, maybe a week before or two weeks before going into self-isolation. And like, we like, hit it off and we went to dinner um, and we had a great conversation um, and they were like, we should do this again. Like we should be friends. And I was like, yeah, let's be friends. We're going to be friends. And then like, we like locked ourselves in our houses and uh, we were like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess. So we've done like, we do like, we've done a Google hangout to watch a movie together, which is actually really nice. Um, That's that's lovely. But yeah. So the one thing about being isolated is that like, I do feel like you can shoot your shot um, with like friends or with, whomever uh and with a little more abandoned like i'm much more cavalier about like people i've only i only am friends with online i'll just slide into the dms and be like do you want to skype tomorrow and like i'm not yeah. i know you're i know you're not busy let's do it you know yeah, yeah. do you have house party uh i don't is that the thing where you watch the, something on netflix together no that's netflix party oh. house party is is kind of like this but it's more geared towards social interaction oh work yeah oh, i don't know it i'm gonna it's, write that uh, down yeah, you get, it's an app that you can get on your laptop and your uh, and your phone, um, and it's good. We're having a lot of virtual cocktail parties that way. I love but that. you know, an interesting thing about this particular moment in time is that everybody is openly going fucking crazy. Yes, yes. You know what I mean. So you can be a little bit more needy <laughs> if you want to be. <laughs> Which you know what I mean? Like I'm, my I'm, time I'm, to shine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Same. It's uh yeah it's okay to be a little bit uh more uh, more needy and vulnerable with a new friend. 
Yeah. Yeah. No. And like, that's, I mean, I really, I, I love that. And I like, I've been saying to people and I mean this like deeply, I want everyone to take this same level of like vulnerability and openness from like isolation and like take it back into the world. Like, you know, I think just say what you want. Like you want to be somebody's friend, be their friend and say it, you know, if you want to hang out with somebody, you want to Skype with them or whatever, say it. And I think, you know, the, the, the economy may be in the trash, but the nudes economy has never been stronger. And I'm like, oh my God. I feel like, look, if you want to send a nude and you have like, you feel like there, that there is a consensual agreement that like a nude is going to be well received, send that nude. Like, don't be weird. Just like send your, send your nudes. Everyone just like do it. Like, why, what are we doing? We're going to be dead soon. One day. So is, is nude sending and receiving allowed in your relationship? Yeah. For that? I don't- yeah. And I would like, you know, it's interesting. Like I have a very different relationship with like the public than he does. And so I try not to share like too much. Cause like, you know, he's a pastor and like, a, you know, people. right. Right. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think it, it doesn't, it's not gonna harm anybody to say like, that's totally fine. Um, and uh, yeah, which I like, I also like love that as a sort of friendship currency. Like there's so many friends I have that I'm like, yeah, like we're not going to like hook up, you know, but like, I want to like, there's, there are so many friends. I'm like, I just love your body. And I want to applaud your body every single time you take a good picture of it. And I just like, that's my way of, of supporting my friends. That's uh, beautiful. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm a, a philanthropist. Yeah. I, Eric, you write so beautifully about your upbringing and, and, uh, in the, the school that you went to, uh, in your, in your adolescence. Can you tell Ooh. us a little bit about that experience? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I um, so I grew up in downtown Baltimore in uh, an, econ- an economically depressed area, like it was you know strangled by redlining. Um, and if you've ever seen The Wire, um, you've seen my parents' house. It's like right across the street from the house they used to film for Omar's grandmother's house. And we would drive 18 minutes up ID three to this private school called Park School, um, where it's had like. 80, maybe 90 acres of woods, um, a pond with ducks and swans. Um, there were horses that we would ride for like gym class. It was idyllic. Um, and it was largely white, you know, as, as you might assume. Um, and so everything about that experience was othering. Like I've, I was like, it was large, also largely Jewish. And so like everything was like a just a different world than anything i i knew or experienced but it was so it, it there was such a sense of possibility and every every i've been in so many spaces in my life where i've been one of the only people like me in whatever way uh, black gay whatever um and that this was one of the first of those experiences but the best of those experiences um give me a sense that like I'm not limited by my difference from the norm in those situations, but like the, this environment once is, is colluding with me and with all the parts of me to enhance uh, my possibility, you know? So I went there for, from fourth grade to 12th grade. Um, I, you know, and I, 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 I got to do like, you know, all the high school things or school things. Like I was big in the musicals and school paper. And I just feel like it was like, it was like a smaller Roth college. And I really, uh, I wish I could stay, could have stayed there for like four more years after I graduated. Where did you go after you graduated? Oh, many places. Uh, I am a three-time college dropout. Um, uh, I yeah. went to Col- uh, Columbia for a couple of years, uh, two and a half years, and I dropped out, uh, dropped out right after 9-11. And then I uh, went to the University of Maryland, Baltimore County for a couple of years. Um, and I accidentally, uh, I wrote a um, 
a, what is it called? Uh, editorial for the school newspaper down at University of Maryland about um, Black History Month. It was, it was written as a satire where I took the position that Black history was like irrelevant and we didn't need any more of it, which is opinion that I don't hold. I hold the opposite opinion, but nobody thought it was a satire. And so I became like this pariah on campus. Everyone thought it was just like white racist. Um, so that was a real moment. Um, and then I went to the University of Baltimore for a semester. And then finally I was like, girl, you're, just, you're just, you're a little nuts right now. You should just go work um, at a restaurant um, and get your life together. So that's what I tried to do. And then how did, how did you end up at L? That is like a, like literally like a Cinderella story. Um, I, uh, I wrote this, I, I was working at the LGBT community center um, and I would use Facebook like anybody else would use Facebook to just like post about my day or whatever. And there was this photo of, Justin Trudeau, Barack Obama, and Enrique Peña Nieto uh, walking down this red carpet at the uh, G8 or G7 uh, conference. And they just look like models. It's, a, you know, like, I think anyone listening, if you've seen that photo, you know exactly the photo I'm talking about. Um, uh, they look like, it's like, a, it looks like a movie poster for like an all-male political sex in the city. And, um, and so I wrote about it and I wrote about how thirsty I was for these world leaders. Um, and my editor at L sent me a message and it went super viral. It was like 70,000, like 16,000 shares, all these crazy things. Um, like it was so, it went so viral that there was like a Buzzfeed article that was like internet user has hilarious reaction to um, photo mm-hmm. of president Obama. And I was like, I'm an internet user. Um, and so my editor at L reached out and was like, do you want to do this every day? Uh, she reached out over Facebook messenger and I was like, what do you mean do this every day? She's like, write funny things about the news and about, you know, the president or whatever. And I was like, that's not a job. Um, and she's like, I assure you it is. So I was freelance for a while, like literally just like feeling my way through this, writing about things that happened in the news, random pictures. And I kept like, things kept going viral. And, um, and to the point where it became clear that this is a thing that they should keep doing, which is wild to me. Like I could not have... Um, I couldn't, I couldn't have imagined it. I couldn't have um, uh, like said, like my five-year plan is to write for L.com uh, for like writing a politics and pop culture uh, column that doesn't, didn't really even seem to fit into the vertical at that point. Um, it makes sense now, but like, I was like, I don't even know what you want me to do. And she was like, just be yourself, which is a real gift. Um, and it's something that no one ever says. And also intimidating in its way. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, cause, you know, cause it, you, you know that you are, um, that there's something that you did that they responded to. And so it, you know, I find that it can become kind of like a, well, what do you, what do you want me to be? <laughs> you yeah. know, like, what is it that you liked mm-hmm. that I now have to keep replicating? Well, that's, I mean, that's one of the things that was, I'm really glad that I was just so stunned and like a little bit foolish at the beginning um, because if I had to think it through, I think I would have been paralyzed. I would have been like, oh, what do you mean? I got to be funny. But I like didn't, if yeah. someone said to me, this will lead to um, a, a full-time position um, and eventually like, I, you know, you'll get a book deal out of this and all these other things. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to write a word. Instead, I was like, okay, you want me to like write this funny thing about Barack Obama singing karaoke at uh, Malia's birthday party? Sure, whatever. Um, but now... There are, I mean, every, like literally once a week I say to David, I'm like, I don't think I'm funny anymore. I think it's over. And he's like, okay, well, what do you need from me? I'm like, "Mm, just bury me in the backyard, I guess. Um, (laughs) 
Because, like, yeah, I think constantly, like, I look back at the, you know, people are like, oh, I love the Maxine Waters article you did or the thing about Aretha Franklin's Vaccine Beyond War work. I'm like, yeah, those are great. I don't know. I still don't, if I, there's, like, not a recipe for it. I'm just sort of like, I, like, I don't know what the muscle is. I just sort of, like, I guess I'm going to, like, say a funny thing about this thing right now and put it on to the world. And yeah, obviously, some of them work, some of them don't. But it's, it is a, it's more nerve-wracking now, to be honest. Yeah. Do you, do you get blocked ever? Do you find it difficult to get started? Yeah. Um, when I'm like super sad, which is like all the time, um, I'm always like, like, well, that's really funny. Um, and when I'm like frustrated with the news cycle, like sometimes it's like hard to make, you know, sometimes it's, it's like, you know, there's gold, you know, like Britney Spears running the the hundred meter dash. It's like, yeah, okay. The column is written itself essentially. Um, but there's things where I'm like, this seems to be <clears throat> fertile ground, but I like, where's like, what's the road in and what's, what's a good comedic sort of language she used for it. Um, so I try and treat my like writing like a, uh, like a, a television writer's room where I'm look, but just, I'm just the only person. And I'm just like, all right, well, what if we did this? What if we did that? You know, like, let's break this in yeah. different ways. And that seems to work. Yeah. And has being a part of the L family, uh, uh, has, you know, the culture of like women's fashion and beauty and skincare, have, have, has that all sort of rubbed off on you? Unfortunately, no. Um, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, well, I, I did right when I started self-isolating. I bought like $200 worth of like skincare stuff um, yeah. uh, from Soko Glam because I was like, well, what I'm going to do is I want to come out of this thing gorgeous, like mm-hmm. 12 years younger and like super fit. Um, and uh, I've yet to try any of those things. But like everybody is so chic at L and they have such great taste. Um, and the one of the things I like, I feel like if I wrote for a men's like interest magazine, I might like be able to sort of figure out my way into uh, different like fashion moments or whatever. Um, but I do like, because I'm, look, I live in Baltimore and because a lot of the things that we write about on the site, I'm like, all right, yeah, this uh, A-line uh, skirt sounds uh, fantastic. Uh, I don't, it's harder for me to, um, it's harder for me to figure out um, how to translate that onto my body. Um, but I will say, I write about Project Runway and I've learned quite a lot about fashion uh, from watching Project Runway. <laughs> It is. Um, uh, we're you know we work at sister brands in the mm-hmm. in the Hearst Empire. Um, I find going to the office when I'm in New York to be unbelievably intimidating because mm-hmm. everybody is so turned out. Yes, and in different ways at all times. Yeah. Yes. Like, like it's like it's like there's street style and then there's office and then there's like yes. just random New York hotness. Everybody always yes. looks so good. And I'm and always, it's always so thought through. Yes. And I'm like, I just don't even have it. Like, I just don't even have that kind of like, attire in my wardrobe. Um, right. I had to go up for fashion week. Where, like, I think my first year working, uh, writing for Elle. And uh, they sent me to, to the Blondes fashion show and to Christian Siriano. Um, oh, and to Kamorley Simmons. And I was like, I brought like a pair of like baggy corduroys with like a little weird like hammer loop on the side. I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to wear. And then I like yeah. went shopping with the Urban Outfitters and I was like, can you help me? Can you buy it? Like, like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Oh, it's so stressful. Yeah, it's so stressful. And then on top of it, I, and, and it sounds like you are the same. I, I haven't worked in an office in a hundred thousand years. Mm-hmm. So, so e- even just the very simple thing of like 
how loudly should I be speaking when I speak? <laughs> yes. like I'm, li- I'm thinking of every single thing that mm-hmm. I do and say at every single moment. It's exhausting. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel the exact same way. I'm just like, oh, because the culture, you know, I was like, now, you know, everyone's working remotely and we were on a Zoom uh, together the other day and like I got to like see everybody interacting and I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm like a weird man who occasionally sends GIFs to the Slack channel. Um and uh-huh. like I'm like, oh, I gotta like figure out how to operate within this general office framework. And then you know, I go, I think there there was a table. We moved floors in the Hearst building. Um, and I think because I'm on payroll, um, they uh, like whoever was assigning uh, desks assigned me a desk, and so I have a desk up there. Um, and uh, you know, they use it for like putting like mail and free stuff on. Um, but it's a nice table. Like it's one of those, it can turn into a standing desk when you press the, like the little button. Ooh. It's uh-huh. so nice. And I was like, I knew, I want to go to New York just to stand at this desk that's assigned to me. That's all I want. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I just, that I you just get a chance to in. do that. Yeah, someday. <laughs> yeah. I squat in unused offices oh, of gosh. people who have been laid off when I'm there. Oh, no. Um, what was your uh, what was your coming out experience like in your in, and did it happen in your in that school that you were discussing? It didn't. No, like I mean, I guess sort of. I guess I started having nascent ideas about that I was gay um, there, and then there there was a student who came my senior year who um, was like one like like he was like a character on like a, a, a like like a, like. Kurt from Glee. I'm going to say that in a more clear way. He was like he was very flamboyant. And he dressed very well. Um, and if like you put him into a like a show now, you'd be like that's this is an offensive characterization. But this is just who he was. You know, he was just like a big person, uh, big personality who like dressed really snazzy. He would like wear like suits and vests to school, and we were, we had no dress code. Um, so he stood out. And so we started up a friendship. And like I remember. Ricky Martin was on the, I believe, the American Music Awards. Um, and uh, this guy called me uh, at my house that night, and he was like, turn on the television. There's this man, and something's happening. And that, that's all like, he could get out. And I turned it on, and we watched Ricky Martin performing Living La Vida Loca, and we both were like, oh, okay. I, none, I know something different about myself now. And it was like that moment where, it, back to the future, where like, Chuck Berry's cousin calls like Chuck Berry and it's like, listen to this mm-hmm. sound. But the sound was uh, our, our, our huge gayness rolling over us. Um, <laughs> and so the next day, we were like talking about it excitedly. And he was like, I think I might be gay for Ricky Martin. I was like, I think I might be gay for Ricky Martin too. But just, just Ricky Martin, you know? And like, what, fair. what does that mean? I mean, yeah, like true. Like if anyone wants to be gay for Ricky Martin, you're allowed. Um, and but that was as far as I would like let myself go. Uh, and then in college, it sort of like became a little bit more. And then I like, you know, I, like I started like dating a boy and then I freaked out a lot. So it's just like all these weird incremental uh, moments I, that in, instead of just this one thing where I was like, I'm gay and I got to tell everybody, you know, I didn't have a conversation mm-hmm. with my parents for years and years and years because um, I was afraid. I was afraid of what they would say and what they would think. Um, and I regret that because, you know, it robbed us both of, of an experience with each other. Um, but yeah, it was just so many little, it was like tiptoeing up to a line um, and then standing on that line until I couldn't possibly stand there anymore. And then I had to keep moving forward. 
Um, but yeah, I think back, I'm like, if I had just been like gone to school and been like at the, the announcements time, like, excuse me, I have an announcement. I am gay for Ricky Martin and also for <laughs> most of you. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that his phone call was something's happening. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a perfect way to put it. Like, yes. It's in the air and it's, it's happening right here and right there. And just it's happening. Yeah. And where, where is, where is he now? I don't know. We sort of had a, we had a little bit of a falling out um, mm. in high school. Um, That'll happen. Yeah. You know, cause like, I think he wanted to like actually be like, but yeah, he wanted to be more open about like, like being sort of like into each other and figuring things out. And like, I was like, absolutely not. Um, and um so I looked him up on LinkedIn a couple of years ago. So he's doing fine. He's got a job, but I don't, I don't know. I can't get in. I don't, he's not on like Facebook. So I can't like message him. Like in my, yeah. my self-isolation mania, like, hello, what's going on? Something's happening. <laughs> that news. Give it a couple of weeks and you might. Right. <laughs> I really might. Um, our Eric Thomas, the book is called here for it. I'm, I'm oh, so here for the book. So here for you. Uh, mm. Thank you for, doing this even though you are too famous for this podcast <laughs> that is absolutely that. not true no indeed. True. oh it's true <laughs> oh my god eric get yourself on house party let's continue this conversation yes absolutely yes thank you so much i really appreciate it i love homophilia thank you thank so you we much. love you thanks for doing this <laughs> oh my pleasure Mwah. We're back with Todd Masterson. Yay! Yay <laughs> Hi. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. You were telling us all about your Costco kombucha. I'm obsessed. I just started drinking kombucha like two weeks ago because of Kombucha Girl. I don't know what that is. You don't know who Kombucha no. Girl is? No. Um, it's a gift. Oh, she's a gift now. I mean, she's like a famous YouTuber now, but oh. she like drank kombucha. Oh, and she yeah. was like, uh, she uh, can't decide. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, I kept seeing it so much and I'm totally like... A victim to marketing, so I was like, "Oh, I got to try kombucha now," and sure. I love it. So, Seems what, like you're more of the uh, the yeah the, uh, the pleasant. Yeah. So what, what's changed in your life? Have you found your center? Um, I yeah, I feel more one with the world, one Great. one with the earth. Um, so my my, uh, my insides are on track again. Good. No, I don't know. It's just like soda. It's just juice. Sure, you do have a glow. Oh, thank you. Look, it's working. Whatever you're doing, keep it up. <laughs> it's because I'm in your presence to do. It's a it's probiotic. It's supposed oh. to fix your gut. I see. Which I don't know what my gut's like. I think okay. it's okay. All right. Uh, yeah, and there are I think a bunch of other like maybe dubious health claims about things that yeah. it can do. It's got it's like it's like drinking vinegar. It's got like yeah. a very sour. It's some also carbonated. Good. I've had some good ones. I love it. I'm I'm into it. Yeah. Um. Like I said, we got this at Costco. Um. What's the, in a variety pack, and this one Health Aid, Health Aid Kombucha Bubbly Rose, but bubbly it comes in a variety rose. pack, so we got a bunch of different flavors. Yum! This one's supposed to taste like rose champagne. Kind Have you does. gone in on uh, CBD? I, okay, so I think I'm allergic to weed oh. because any forms of it. Like my husband smokes weed all the time. If I take one hit, I'm just gone. Doesn't matter the strain. Doesn't matter yeah. what it is. So I was like, oh, but I want to play in the weed field because it looks exciting and fun and I like buying things. Mm -hmm. So I got CBD drops 
literally just made me high and I went to bed. Wow. I don't know. I don't. It's all been... like an allergy. Sounds like that was the. <laughs> yeah, I think you might just be a lightweight. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But when they're always like, oh, it doesn't have the psychotropic effects. I'm like, I got high. I fully got high. My oh. face got hot. Yeah. Uh, my eyes got puffy and I went to bed. Did you get the drops at the, um, like the weed store or? Yeah. At okay. MedMen. Yeah. Yeah. Then it probably has THC in it. Cause I, well, it says it's yeah. THC like free. Foods, it, it's definitely THC. But also like I'm from Missouri and it's all over Missouri now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it can't have like Wait. everybody's dad is like, I'm, I'm on CBD now. Where are you uh, from in Missouri? Mm. I'm from a little town called Warrington on 70 outside of St. Charles. I'll be darned. Yeah. I'm from St. Louis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm from, uh, from Kirkwood. Oh, my mom uh, grew up in Kirkwood. Okay. But like my grandparents lived in Chesterfield uh-huh. and my brother lives in Chesterfield now. My sister-in-law's from Creve Coeur, uh-huh. which is like the Beverly Hills of St. Louis. Creve Coeur is. Is, is it? I thought it was. Like know. Ledoux, I think is the. Ledoux is ritzy. Yeah. It's like there's Creve a Louis Vuitton nice. store there. Yeah. And you're like, why is there a Louis Vuitton store in St. Yeah, Louis? Yeah, everybody's settled down. Yeah. What's Ledoux. the area that your mom is in now? It's called Frontenac. And oh, that's yeah. Actually, the, the, um, this no, the, it's more town and country. Oh, okay. Which is sort of between, um, yeah, it's around Frontenac. It's near, yeah. it's near all of, it's near Creve Corps and Frontenac's fancy. It, they're fan, they're are fancy areas. Is Plaza Frontenac? It was a mall, right? Is it's it still, still a mall. And it is now where you would see like little women. Oh, okay. You know I mean? Like, there's the five screen theater that shows like the the movies that the you see with your movies. mom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's where, yeah, that's where that will take place now. <laughs> Any movie with Helen Mirren will be playing at the Plaza sure. Frontenac. Yeah, I'd like to live there. Yeah, it's but you're saying it's called Town and Country. There's a town called Town and Country. Yes, huh. I thought. You and I think officially <laughs> she's in Town and Country. And it's on like all the fire trucks and, and ambulances and stuff. And it's 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 a very odd feeling. Huh. It's uh, it's also a town without cell towers because oh. the uh, because the mayor doesn't like them and the residents don't like them. They think they're oh. ugly. So uh, if you live there, you get no cell service. If you drive through there, your calls drop. It's no, I, I had no idea. Yeah, and how's your is, mom doing with cell service and Wi-Fi these days? Yeah, my mom canceled the, the uh, internet. She was oh, like, no. I don't know what it is. I don't want to use it. I'm canceling it. And then she also lives in this strip where there's, there's no nothing. cell service. Yeah. So it's like she's essentially like off the grid. <laughs> yeah. Off, yeah. Little house on the prairie. Yeah, exactly. She's fine. She's fine. Oh, you she's know. still without. No, no, no. She, we got, we got it. We got it done. And uh, and now it's now it's back on. And now she's just back to not knowing how to use it. Great. But paying for it. Great. But That's it's where just, we want her. Yeah, exactly. But now when you're there, you're not. You know, you can you can reach the outside world. Yeah, when you're, when you're in her home. Um, also, <laughs> we, the same company just sent her a fucking uh, a, a Samsung phone, oh. and uh, and it was like if you open this, you, that that means you're now a, a a customer of Spectrum Mobile, and you owe this month you know, this much per month or whatever. And she just like didn't know what she was opening and yeah. opening it. Yeah. That's like a Columbia house. Just yeah. exactly. Like, you don't stop us. We're going to yeah. keep coming. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, we are not here to talk about, we're here to talk about devices. <laughs> okay. So we're, we're talking to you the same week that you were on the matrix of the 
the, the back the, page of New York Magazine? New York Magazine, yeah. The oh. approval matrix. Yeah. Which quadrant? Where, uh, what are we talking? I am the exact cor- far corner of lowbrow brilliant. Love it. Oh, <laughs> right where you want to be. Praise. That's now, right I was trying be. to calculate, like, okay, so it's a square, and, like, I'm the exact corner. So am I 50% lowbrow and 50% brilliant? Is that how we would quantify that? I, I I don't know. I think you might be 100% both. I think <laughs> it's simply just saying that this is not something that you would categorize as highbrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's Which, definitely brilliant. Lowbrow is my comfort zone. So sure. yeah, happy That's to be there. Just Gwyneth Paltrow's goop is right above me. Like, Great. Oh, my God. If you do a screen grab of the... You're in very good company. Yeah, very Are you excited. watching that show, by the way? I haven't started it yet. Oh, it's so good. But she's, really? she's my favorite actress, so... She's one of the best. I get a lot of shit for that, yeah. Huh. I will defend her. You know. She's your Jennifer Aniston. What my yes, Jennifer that's what I was to gonna me. say. Yeah, oh, but um, I'm not, but I love Gwyneth too. Um, well, any attachment to Brad Pitt because Brad Pitt's my number one of all time. Everything, really? uh, yeah. Mm. So, I mean, come on, Gwyneth and Brad, 1996. Yeah, that couple. I mean, when they were twins, they had the same haircut. Oh. They're smoking cigs and come running on. around and right? just scowling. Nobody smokes cigs like Gwyneth does. She's my favorite cigarette smoker. Oh. Although I did, there is, um, I remember an award show when Brad and Jen were together where they were finishing up cigarettes before they walked the red carpet and Jen literally handed her cigarette like it was a pencil to Mm -hmm. an assistant or something and like wiped her hands and then walked to the red carpet and I was just in awe. That was so glamorous in Hollywood. That's pretty good smoke. (laughs) I've told this story before, but I did, I once gave, she bummed a cigarette from me (laughs) at Merrick's and then her assistant came when to give her hers and she gave me one. Greatest moment of my life. I would it's all die. Downhill. I would die. Okay, so tell us your t- oh, ooh, just loud burp from Faye. You're right welcome. What, um, your journey to Instagram fame. Okay, so the reason I'm on that Matrix thing is because I started this Instagram page called Gay Fat Friend, and I take really hot shirtless Insta gay thirst trap pictures, and then I Photoshop my shirtless fat body into those pictures to show them what it would look like if they had a fat friend. Uh-huh. Uh, Cause they never do. And they never have. No. And um, it was just a joke. I just did it as a joke. I kind of like found this group of WeHo guys that are always, they're all like, you know, Insta gays. And um, so I did like seven pictures and I posted them all at the same time on Facebook and it really blew up on Facebook. And my friends were like, you go to start your own page for this. And I was like, mm. Mm, well, I'm all right. I kind of felt like I was starting a page for my dog, you know, it's just like that thing where you're like, I don't really want to do that. But, um, so then I started it and then it sat there for like a month. And then, um, Elliot Glazer, uh, from Broad City, he reposted on Instagram and it blew up. I got like a thousand followers in a day and then it's just grown from there every day. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's, um, it's been, it's been so fun and funny and weird and. And the guys in the photos are often like they're on the beach. They're usually always on a beach, random, like oddly in a waterfall. I have a whole file of just guys standing in waterfalls. A lot of waterfalls. Um, and uh, yeah, beaches. Just I like to pick pictures where they have their shirts off in a place that you shouldn't really have your shirt off a lot. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of hiking pics. <laughs> sure. Job interviews. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There, I, I, I had like a picture from Washington DC of a guy just standing in front of the white house with his shirt off. I'm like, why did you take your shirt off right there? And then pose for that picture yeah. in this climate. Um, have you ever known the guys that you are Photoshopping yourself into the photo? of? So the original group of guys that I pick, uh, I, I've been at parties with them and like been in the same room with them and see them in West Hollywood and stuff all the time. Uh-huh. That's kind of why I picked them. And we have a bunch of friends in common, uh, but I've never like been introduced to them. Like I don't, 
know them, know them. But uh, they, you, you know, it's uh, <laughs> I don't really have a lot of hot friends either. So it's kind of like a reverse experiment for me too, because I like I need to you know expand my friendship circles. But yeah, I I don't know any of the guys. I do now. I've met a couple of them and. They're all, besides the original group of guys from WeHo, like now that I expanded and do guys from everywhere and like celebrities and stuff, they're all obsessed with it. And they ask me to use their pictures now. Oh, wow. Which has been really fun. And are you ever like, sorry, you guys aren't hot enough for, <laughs> okay. for me to be ironically okay. with you? Okay, this is going to sound so bad, but people, so people send me pictures every day, like DM me pictures every day. And they're like, you got to do this picture. You got to do this picture. And sometimes it's just a group of bears and they're all really hot and I love them and they all have big bellies. But I'm like, that's not my joke. You know, yeah. like I'm going to be like, uh, my joke. And that's the thing. This is all, it's all started as a joke, Yeah. you know? Uh, but yeah, my joke is that like, I'm the fat friend with all these like, muscly gym guys. So I love those pictures and they're all beautiful and they're great. But like, I don't have the heart to tell them be like, ah, I can't use that. Cause they already have fat friends, you right, know, like, yeah. <laughs> that's for a different account. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I tried to find a picture of you, but you don't take thirsty pictures. I've, I've, I've seen the guys that you're in pictures with. I have no business with any of them. I mean, you were my hottest friend for a long time. That the bar was real low. <laughs> <laughs> you used to r- literally run up uh, Runyon. I used to see you running up Runyon. I'm like, how do you run up a hill? Me? Yeah, I saw you there. I'd run up Runyon in I, my life. Yes, <laughs> I, I have no memory of this. You did. Wow. I hope I had my shirt on. I don't. I don't remember. Oh God. I, I think I, you had I a had tank top on. It was probably a tank top. Uh, that's that's just a, yeah. <laughs> what is your relationship with the insta with just the insta gay in general? Well, I mean, I I love Instagram, so um, I'm always on it, and I always see their pictures. Their pictures are just always everywhere. Like, and what is what is the feel like? Describe the feeling. Um, well, that's another thing that the reason I started this is because I really do want to be their friend. Like I've, I've right. always wanted to be friends with these guys, you know, and they never look twice at me. And you, I go to the Abbey or I walk down Santa Monica and everybody, I'm literally invisible and I'm six, seven and I weigh 330 pounds, you know, like I'm a big boy and, uh, I will walk past these guys and they don't even like glance at me. So I was like, I'm kind of jealous. I want to be friends with you guys. You look fun. Like you were always on the beach. I want to do that. You know. Uh, so that's why I started this. Cause yeah, I wanted to be their friend. I wanted, and I still do. I still want to be their friend, except the original WeHo guys. They don't like me. <laughs> at all so but the new guys like me and you know they uh invite me to their beach parties in mexico and stuff all the time the original guys don't like you because of the account yeah they think i'm a bully which is weird because i've never once been mean i'm not mean i don't make fun of them i don't think they're dumb they're not dumb um because another part of the page when i post a picture i also do a really funny caption which is kind of like theirs you know and they're like right now, a lot of guys are like, oh, fighting off coronavirus. And they're just like covering their face and they're all shirtless mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, like stupid captions like that. Like they just, they think they're funny. So I do like really random, just du- like sentences that don't make any sense. I love to do mm-hmm. like cliche stuff, but like mix it up. Like I like to say like, you know, kill two birds uh, with, you know, with a penny saved. Like just me- miss, um, mess kind of up saying like, merging of the. And it's, it's funny because, like, some people don't get the joke and they'll be like, oh, you messed up that phrase. And I'm yeah. like, that's the point, yeah. <laughs> you know? But, um, uh, yeah, anyway. If, yeah, if they think that 
that's bullying, then the word <laughs> bullying is over. Yeah. The exactly. concept of bullying yeah. has jumped the shark. I yeah. mean, that's not, you know, that's, that's just you using their content yeah. and getting another laugh out of it. Well, that is too, not at like, their expense. I'm, I'm, I have more followers than a lot of these guys now. Which is never a thing I really cared about, but like, but they it, sure do. They sure do, and it's really blowing up. And that's why a lot of them are asking me to use their pictures, and they're like, "Can you tag me? Can you tag yeah. me in your pictures?" And I was like, "One of, part of the joke is that I don't tag anyone in them, uh, not because I'm trying to get away with something, but just I just don't." Uh, yeah. So whenever but it's not at their expense, I know is what's bothering. I'm afraid me. people will think I'm making fun of them if I tag them, so that's why I don't mm-hmm. tag them. Right. Uh, that might be bullying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. Now they're all like, "Oh, please tag me. Uh, please use my pictures. Please, please, please." And I'm like, "All right." Uh, so, oh, Lord. Um, when you're not, uh, you know, being Instagram famous, what else is in your pop culture diet? What are you watching at the moment? What are you? Um, I'm currently rewatching all of The Crown because I finished Ooh. season three, but like I didn't want to let it go. And so I went back and I never rewatched season one or two. Um, I watched them just like the first time they were out. So I was like, I'm going to start the crown over. And it's such a magical, beautiful show. I haven't done it. I'm such an Anglophile and like I'm a monarchist and like I just love it. I love all of it. I I just, I have like wet, I have, I buy the official wedding teacup every time they get married. Come on. So how are you feeling about Megxit? Yeah, I'm excited about it. Um, cause especially watching that show, you see how like obsessed they are with rules and they're like, why do you have rules? You're the queen. You can do whatever you want. Like they have these stupid constitutional quote right. rules. And, uh, yeah, it just makes me so happy that they're leaving and getting out of and having to do the stupid appearances and stuff for no reason. Yeah. Now they're going to be Canadian. That's exciting. They're so close. I know. We can go see them anytime we want. <laughs> Apparently Megan's doing a reality. Sh- like her first thing is hosting a reality show or something in Canada. Really? Yeah. Which I will watch. Very of course you will. Of yeah. course you will. But I'm just obsessed with all that. And the crown is so good. So you've never watched it. No. You watched it? I've seen a little. It's so good. I honestly, this is going to sound really bad. I don't think Olivia should have won the golden globe for her performance this year mm. because she's barely in it. She's almost not in season three at all. It's, it's all about Charles and it's all about, um, uh, Prince Philip, or Philip, her husband, and it's all about the kids and yeah. her sister. Like Helena Bonham Carter's in it more than Olivia is. Yeah, clearly, Jen Aniston should have won in that category. Yeah, I'm the halfway through that, that show. I know who was in there. Yeah, what, yeah, what do you make of the morning show? Um, I really like it, but something about Apple's camera, like filter choice, it all kind of feels like it's shot on iPhones, and yeah. it almost feels like it's an iPhone commercial the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I guess just like visually, it's a little weird, but I like the writing. I like the acting. <laughs> Reese Witherspoon's wig is a travesty. It's insane. It's atrocious. It's so, it's so bad. It hurts my feelings. I hate it. Because so I worked bad. on Drag Race, so like I know wigs. You, you know? know wigs. And that wig is bad. It's so bad that I thought it might be a story point at some point that it was going to be a reveal. She, <laughs> she has alopecia. Yeah, yeah. something. <laughs> but there had to be a reason. Yeah. I, I mean, when the billboards first came out before anything and, and she was on the billboards and stuff, I was just like, they somebody approved that wig and then they just went with it. Right. It's so bad. But it's uh, let's be fair. It is hard to go up against that iconic head of hair. Right. I mean, you, literally, you know? probably the most famous hair of, of all our, time. Of all time, right? Yeah. Or at least our time. Yeah. Um, like, why didn't Reese dye her hair? Do you think she was filming a movie at the same time, too, or something? 
or just didn't want I to. Don't know. But I also think that like a lot of them wear wigs for for uh, just time saving purposes. It's just like instead of spending an additional two hours every oh, single yeah, day, yeah, yeah. you just put a wig on and you just glue it on. I, I could see that, but not Jen, never Jen, not our Jen. Um, and then I really want to watch The Circle, but I haven't started it yet. Oh, okay, I, I don't watch a lot it. of reality shows, but that one I, I don't either. Watch. That one was fun. Yeah, that one was a lot of fun. Have you watched any of the English ones? Because it started in no, England, right? It did. Haven't yet. Oh, don't okay. know how to get them. You'd probably yeah. You'd probably have to like. I don't know what a VPN is. So yeah, I was gonna say you probably have to like. Yeah, that's the thing. Do you one have of those like. Uh, but yeah, no. The the American one is fucking great, <laughs> and I am not giving anything away when I say that the character you l- will end up loving most works at Oil Can Harry's. And. Uh, yeah, or North Hollywood. Yeah. What? Only. Oh, yeah. But they shot it in Chicago? They uh, shot it in England, I think. I yeah. think they shot it in the same building. The, they did. This American version, is they shot it in England? Shot it in England, oh. but shot Chicago for the exteriors. Wow. Uh, or for, for like the establishing shots. Uh-huh. The building yeah. is in England. And uh, yeah, and this, this guy... Uh, works at Oil Can Harry's, and he promises that after the the press blitz of the show, he will be back. Oh, what did so he do? I'll there? Be there, bartender. Wow. Yeah, we should have amazing. a homophilia meet. Our first meet and greet. Oh my god. Have meet you, up. Meet up. Have Absolutely. you been? You've been there, right? I've never been there. You've never what? been there. Oh, I know. Um, I like. I'm. I wonder if he served me. Like now, I need to watch. Yeah, same. If I recognize him, same. Are you a regular? Maybe like twice a year. Someone okay. uh, inevitably, someone always has either an after party or a birthday party there. Yeah, it's always a group outing. People. I don't think you go there by yourself or like on a date. Right. No. Um, but yeah, and I used to live in Sherman Oaks. I live in WeHo now, but I used to live in Sherman Oaks and and went maybe yeah. kind of regularly. Oh, so I think place. it's the only gay bar over there. Right. It's only it gay used to be Saturdays. the hub. Yeah. That little strip on Ventura used to have yeah. like four. Yeah. And it was more hopping than West Hollywood. Yeah. So you live in WeHo. I do. As a happily married man. Yes. What is your relationship to the the bars and the clubs? And how often are we seeing you out? Mm, on well, Tampa? I do stand up. And so um, I do a lot of shows at bars there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I'm not doing a show, I don't really go out. Like we don't go out at all, really. And if we do, it's usually like Akbar. Yeah. Or maybe precinct. Like we're more like east side downtown people. Uh, just because WeHo is too crowded, but it's also really touristy. Yeah. You know? And it just always feels like kind of gross. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like WeHo wise, now when I was single, because I've lived here for 13 years and Rob and I've only been together for eight. So when I was single and dating and stuff, I mean, that was the place to be, especially in 2007, 2008. Oh, yeah. There weren't, I think. Obviously, Akbar existed, but there were no. There was no downtown gay scene at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was when what was that bar on Coenga? That was like Gold Coast. Oh, uh, Spotlight. Yeah, yeah. Spotlight. Oh, yeah. I love divey bars. I oh, love I dive love bars. Place. Like the older the clientele, the better. I love that. I just love that shit. And oh. so, yeah, we used to go to like Spotlight and stuff. Mm-hmm. Spotlight to set the scene was uh, a gay bar in Hollywood. Uh, black, 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 like you, like leather curtains so that yeah. no natural light could come in. Yes. There, uh, there were no windows, were there? There were no windows. Uh, and it, it felt like it was full of people who got gay in prison. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it was not, it, it wasn't. No, yeah. it was cheerful. It was not no. cheerful at all. The, it felt like a, a bar that. A lot of people were on their way out, if you know what I'm saying. You For know, sure. like it just felt like people were probably of this life slowly dying because yeah. they were in their 80s. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think I want to say that it had like historical LA significance as like 
the first gay bar or the first drag bar or so, it had something yeah. mm-hmm. about it. And so that always made me really happy to go there too. Mm-hmm. But now it's like one of those super fancy. And now it's the dream hotel clubs. Uh, yeah. yeah. God. What a mess. This town has changed. So when, how did you and Rob meet? Scruff. We went on Scruff. Oh. I love it. And it's so funny because, uh, so I, I'm, you know, not ashamed. I love a dick pic. Uh, I think they're, you know, God's gift to the world. Um, But so Rob whooped at me on a Friday night uh, at like midnight. Uh, We were both drunk. I had just gotten home from a party. And then uh, so I woofed at him back. You know, if you don't know Scruff, you woof at people. You don't poke Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, And then he said, you're cute. And then I said, you're cute. And then we both kind of just like fell asleep. We didn't talk anymore. And the next morning, Saturday morning, we woke up. And I had a message from him and he was like, hey, sorry about the drunken wolf or whatever. And I was like, no, you're really cute. Um, And then we texted all day long, like all day Saturday. Uh, And then I had a show Saturday night at the comedy store that I didn't really want to do. And he lived in West Hollywood uh, by the store. And he was like, do you want to meet for coffee? And I was like, yeah, I would love that. And because I had a show, it was an easy out if coffee was really bad. Mm -hmm. And so we met for coffee. And then we ended up talking for like almost four hours in this coffee shop. I totally blew off the show. And... uh, and I was like, oh, this guy is really great. But I'm 6'7", and he's 5'4". He's very tiny. And I almost didn't meet him because his profile said he was 5'4". And I was like, what am I doing? I can't do this. This is going to be just a joke. Um, but I'm so glad I did because he's amazing. So then Sunday, we chatted all day long, again, texting. And then he was like, do you want to go on an official date Monday night? And I was like, sure. So we went to Doughboys on 3rd, mm-hmm. oh. uh, which was like our favorite restaurant. And I'm so bummed that it's gone because that was like our anniversary restaurant every yeah. year, you know, and like our birthday, like we would go for like birthdays and stuff. I loved that place. I did too. And, uh, and we've been together every day since for eight years, ever since that day. And we never once sent a dick pic to each other. Oh. Never once. It's not too late. I know. I know. Sometimes I think about him and be like, wouldn't it be fun to like spice it up and send it? And I'm like, no, he's probably at work in a meeting right now and it'll pop up on his phone and yeah. I'll ruin everything. Nobody needs that. <laughs> and so how quickly did you become committed? Uh, like lesbian fast. So this was the day before Britney Spears birthday in December. And then we, uh, and that's how we remember our anniversary, sure. which makes it easier. Um, and then, so that was the first weekend of December. And then we moved in together the first day of August. So we weren't really fat, but we said, I always, I can never remember if we said boyfriends first and then we said, I love you. Or if we said, I love you first and then boyfriends. But I want to say a week later, we said boyfriends. Wow. And then like two weeks later, we said, I love you. Or maybe it was the opposite. I don't remember, but it was really fast. We da- we deleted Grinder and Scruff in my car together one night after a date, maybe like four or five days after we met. Oh my God. It went so fast. And We've never broken up. We've never had like a really bad fight that we're like walking out at each other. Like it's just been like crazy perfect. You I mean, we really are two peas in a pod. Yeah. It's been, I mean, obviously it's been hard. We've had fights and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just been really like creepy great and we work really well together. I think one of the things is that he's a producer and he makes commercials for video games. But other than that, he has no connection to the entertainment industry. Like, Nothing like doesn't want to do stand up, doesn't want to be an actor, doesn't want to be famous, doesn't want to be anything. He doesn't even like it when I like post his picture on Instagram, you know. Mm. And I think that's really, really helped us as a couple. I, I couldn't imagine dating another comic, I'd probably just be jealous the whole time. 
freak out, you know? Yeah, I, they'd be jealous probably, but. Well, thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> and then when did marriage, how did marriage enter the conversation? Oh, because of health insurance and the law. Hmm. So I needed health insurance and he's always had amazing health insurance. But then also we were afraid it was going to like get um, like overturned again or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we were like, we just, we got to do this. You know, we've never had a ceremony. We just did it paperwork wise. Um, and we always say like, if we like strike it rich, we'll eventually have like a full like uh, reception and ceremony and invite people and get presents. Like we never did that. So yeah, I would imagine your friends and family are like waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. My mom, uh, who up until like recently, like I was with Rob still would sometimes be like, I just wish you had met the right girl. Like we'll just like casually come out in conversation. Uh, But yeah, up until very recently. St. Louis, it's the St. Charles. (laughs) It is. It is. Yeah. We had a very interesting Christmas this year. Like uh, we, we knew that like Trump and stuff was going to come up, you know, and then somehow it turned to like race. And then we just had to like leave the dinner table. We were like, we can't do this because my husband's half Mexican. So, uh, as as my sister in law's mother would say, he's the good kind. You're like, what, Linda? You can't say that, yeah, you know. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's the St. Louis. So, what what was coming out like in that in that part of the world? Um, and in what years were you, let's say, in high school? I was in high school. I graduated in '98. Okay. Um, and then I went to school in Cape Girardeau at Southeast Missouri State University. Mm-hmm. And like the first week in the dorms. Also, I'm really young uh, for my grade. So I was 17 for like two weeks. My birthday's August 26. So I was like 17 for two weeks in the dorms <laughs> before yeah. I turned 18. But like pretty much as soon as I got in the dorms, I was like, I'm, you guys, I'm bi. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I think everyone does. And then uh, I was, I was bi, whatever, uh, for like two years. And then I studied abroad in London. And when I went to London, I fully came out of the closet. Like I was just like, I'm in London. I know no one here. I'm just going to be all the way gay and see what it's like. And it was amazing. And then I came back and I, I was like, oh, I can't. I'm not fully out here. Like, I have to go back in the closet. Um, so I got super depressed. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, and then one night I was home alone with my mom. Like, literally, I was, like, medicated depressed. Like, I was, just, like, mm-hmm. depressed. I'd lost a bunch of weight. Like, I wasn't eating. I was. It was bad. And my mom was home alone with me. And she just like randomly, she was like, is the reason you're depressed because you're gay? And I was just like, you know, just like started yeah. scream crying. And I was like, and I said, maybe. <laughs> and then we ended up talking all night and she was like, I don't care. Like my mom's sister is a lesbian. Yeah. Her cousin, uh, we call him uncle Robbie, but he's my mom's cousin. Mm-hmm. Like he is gay uh, in New York. And um, I think I, we always think that my dad's brother is gay, but he's never come out of the closet. And, uh, but yeah, my mom was like, I don't care. Like I have two older brothers. They're married. They have kids. Like she's got grandkids. She's got daughter-in-laws. Like mm-hmm. she's, you know, she's like, I'm, I don't care. It's fine. She's like, I love you. Uh, so still occasionally wishes you found the right. Yeah. Color, but yeah. in general, yeah. like weird things will pop up. Like she thought all gay people get AIDS. Like she thought that's what, how it worked. She so thought she, that was our. So destiny. she was really, she was really sad that I was going to get AIDS, and I was like, "Mom, that's not how it works." Like she was genuinely sad. She was like, "I just, I just don't want you to get AIDS and die." And I was like, "That's not how it works, Mom." Yeah, you so, just get it in the mail. Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of educated, like reverse educating yeah, your parents, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, my. But now that Rob's in the picture, like 
My dad, I think, loves him more than he loves me. Uh, like, he'll call me and ask what Rob's doing and, like, how Rob is. Um, my sister-in-law's, like, and my nephews, they all call him Uncle Rob, and, and my nephews love him and mm-hmm. jump all over him and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's been... Uh, it's been really fun, but we definitely get nervous. Like Rob is born in Vegas and grew up in Palmdale, which is like an hour North of LA. Uh-huh. And then he went to USC. So he's been in Southern California his whole life pretty much. And he's definitely afraid of St. Louis. Like n- there's nowhere in Missouri. He's not afraid of. doesn't matter if it's like, even in like central West end, which is like the gay neighborhood. Mm-hmm. He's always just a little scared. Cause he's afraid of like Trump country and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I am too. I'm from Ohio. I'm <laughs> terrified of it. No, I get nervous. Uh, how would you characterize your dating life and sex life and everything before Rob, but in between coming out and meeting Rob? Um, I definitely liked to have sex. I had a lot of sex. I dated a lot. Um, I always tell people like, I, I always in my head, I think it was the week that we met, but I had given up on ever finding love. And just, I was like, I'm going to have fuck buddies and I'm going to have friends. And like, I'm never going to have a fuck buddy. That's also a friend, you know, like I'm not going to have a relationship. It's just my life. I'm just going to hook up with people. And then I'm also just going to have really close friends. And then I met Rob and he was my first relationship. I'd never had a relationship before him. Um, never, never dated anyone longer than like a month, you know? And even that was like maybe seeing them twice a week. Like Mm. it wasn't like really close. Um, but yeah, I I loved Grinder. I loved Scruff. I lo- I sometimes I miss it just for the um, excitement of it. You know, yeah. there was like an excitement to it. But we're not open, um, and uh, yeah, so we don't have the apps. Mm-hmm. And we were right before Tinder, so we never swiped on anything. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rob always jokes. He's like, I really wanted to play Tinder. Like we talk about it like games. It is a game. It's, a, it's just, yeah, sort of yeah. the same mindless. I like the music. idea of it, of like the swiping thing. Cause then if they also swiped yes on you, then it says mm-hmm. like you both swiped. I like the idea of like, Oh, we picked each other. Like yeah. that's, I don't know. There's just something weird about that, but you yeah, Rob I uh, picked each other. Yeah. It happened. Swipe was real a wolf. life. Yeah. What about you're married? Not married, but same boyfriend for six years. I was going to say, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. And we met online. Like on an actual website? It was just... Or an app. It wasn't Tinder. (laughs) Um, And Dave and Ben are 13 years? 14. 14. About to be 15. Holy Yeah. Wow. So... So there were no, not, not being stupid, there were no smartphones then, so you there didn't. not. We so, bought our first iPhone on the, uh, on the same day. How did you? A few years in. How did you guys meet? Uh, online and then in a bar. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like going to say. Yahoo when, singles or I, I lived in New York for three years before I lived here. So from 03 to 06, I lived in New York, and I was a big fan of Craigslist. Sure. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Craigslist. Craigslist. Got the job done. Yeah. Craigslist was, I never posted like an ad on Craigslist, but I would always find guys on Craigslist that had posted. It just always seemed so. It's just sex. Yes. But it always just seems so scammy. It, I, I feel like half of them must be fake. Well, and also it was before pictures. Like really, like yeah. an easy, I mean, you would have to take a picture, develop it and then scan it mm-hmm. onto the internet, yeah. you know? So it was pretty much before pictures. So that must be part of the thrill is like, don't know if the, this person will remotely fit the description yeah. that yeah. they gave me. It was me. all word descriptions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just steal my identity and stab Ooh. me. Yeah. And then, you know, on like Grinder and Scruff, no one looks like now the thing is like, no one looks like their pictures. They always send you the best picture from when they were 23. Right. And then you meet them and you're like, oh, you don't look like that at all. 
<laughs> but most of those people, the pictures that they're using on Grinder have probably ended up in some form in your Instagram feed. Yeah. With you. <laughs> You photoshopped in next or to they're them. in the file. Yeah. Um, are, do you guys talk about having kids? We're not going to have kids. No, no, we don't. Like, no, there are so too many yes, kids. Yes, you talk world. and no. What? Yeah, you talk and the talk yeah, is yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was, like a, that was like a first month of the relationship conversation that we had pretty fast. I mean, I have five nephews. He has two nephews and a niece. Also, the world is like overpopulated. Mm. Also, like we have a pug and that's hard enough. Like we can lock her in our kitchen and leave her for 12 hours and not have to worry about her. And even that's hard, you know, I can't imagine a child like, and then like, yeah, having to take him to the doctor and school, like, ugh, it's just too much work. Plus like, I love playing with my nephews. Like I love playing with kids, but my favorite thing is leaving Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, no children, just dogs. We're only going to have dogs. Smart. Great. And even like, you know, our pug is almost 14 and she's having a lot of accidents in the house now and we have to take her to the doctor more and, and uh, she's a lot of work. So even after this, we're going to take like a dog break for six months just to Oh, I thought you were going to say the opposite and get, because we, I mean, Faye obviously is going to live forever, but, yeah. but we do sometimes talk about just in case that we would want there to be an overlap that we would want, if we ever have another dog, we want that dog to know her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't, uh, pugs are a very jealous dog. And they get depression and we didn't want her to get like when we would house sit other friends, dogs with her, she would always like get this weird depressed, like sit in a corner, like, Oh, you're giving up on me mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know? So we didn't want her to be feel replaced yeah, yeah. or be depressed or have to compete for anything. Right. Um, but we are eventually going to get two pugs probably when we do get new dogs. Cause a lot of pugs are bonded. Like you can get them mm-hmm. at rescues and stuff, but they're always like brother and sister mm-hmm. and they won't break up the pair. So we'll probably get two pugs like six months to a year after Braddock goes I'm here to tell you, you're going to do it so much more quickly. Than <laughs> I know that's what everyone says. Yep. Um, if you, if you make it a month, I'll be, th- <laughs> how long was it at, b- before you got then? About six weeks. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we found him. We found Finn. Like a month later. Oh, I was going to say how long, like till you actually started looking. Yeah. About a month. Yeah. And we, we met a few litters and then it it transpired that a dog that was related to our first one, uh, had a litter and it was like, well, we got to go. Well, you got it. Yeah. And then we fell in love and that was that. I love that. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, I grew up on a sheep farm, so we always had tons of sheep, tons of chickens, tons of dogs, barn cats, like, animals at the house, animals at the barn, like, you know, everything. I had a couple rats, like we had everything. So, um, I can't imagine not having animals in my you life. You grew up yeah, in totally. like a dodo video. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Like exactly. Dream. Exactly. We did. Um, so we had two horses for a while until one of them bucked my mom and she got hurt really bad. So we got rid of the horses. We had one pig for a while. We had one turkey until the turkey attacked my dad. And then we got rid of that turkey. Um, we just had like a lot of one-offs. We had one cow for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the cow murdered. <laughs> yeah. That was always <laughs> the cutoff. I used to have three older brothers, but now I only have two. Go. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and then uh, once I went to college and kind of moved out of the house, my parents also own a construction company. And so that was always like the main business. Uh, the farm was just like for fun and extra stuff. So. Mm-hmm. When I went to college, then they just started renting out the farmland to like people that wanted to store their extra cattle and stuff like that. So, and now my dad, I think, has like three chickens and that's all that's left. Mm. 
Because they, they're snowbirds. They spend six months of the year in Florida. That's the other problem. Yeah. They are Trump supporters, you know, mm. and they spend half their year in Florida. It's just like, ugh. Oh, but yeah, yeah, we're yeah. trying. We're trying, you know? Yeah. We're doing the Lord's work. We're going to get them out of there. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, there was one thing I want to say. So, uh, music wise. Yes. Oh, yes. You'll be very happy to hear this, that I like Dua Lipa now. Okay, great. Oh. Because I know she's your. I really like her a lot. Her album, her first album, or only it's, album? So far, yes. Yeah. New one forthcoming. New, new one is coming out. Yeah. Uh, two singles, and they're Three? bangers. Yeah. Oh, there's a third one? Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, I only went her physical the... came out just very recently. It's Phys- the... Physical's the, I thought this is the second one. Uh, there was, there. it was uh, Don't Start Now, and then Future Nostalgia. Oh, I don't know that one. It's good. Is it's it? Good. Um, physical is the best of the bunch. Physical is really great. Yeah. It, it's Okay, is she sampling New Attitude, or is it just That's what it is. Uh, That's what it is. It's New Attitude, right? I don't think she's sampling it, but it does sound very much like that, yeah. But do you think it's one of those songs Feeling good from my head to my shoes. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that there's a chance for a lawsuit with that? I mean, that's I so wonder. close. I wonder. How many notes have to be close. copied until... If poor Sam Smith had to, had yeah. to credit Tom Petty, well, and, she um, might. Somebody uh, will probably Ed Sheeran had Ed Sheeran had to credit Radiohead, Right. I don't know. I, I think there was sure. a Tom York lawsuit with Ed really? Sheeran, and he had to credit Radiohead on something. But he was like, okay, know. whatever. I'm a billionaire. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> some, <laughs> you know? some gay guy who works at a record label is going to hear this episode and be like, you know what? Yeah, we get a percentage. Uh, is that Pointer Sisters? No. Who sings that song? Uh, Patty LaBelle. Patty oh. LaBelle, yeah. Patty! Patty. Um, so, yeah, I'm very obsessed it. with the this new blonde Dua Lipa. Because yeah. I did not like New Rules. New Rules? You didn't. Didn't like that song. It never grew on me. Hmm. But honestly, one of the things is Rob sends me the gif of her dancing her like hip shimmy dance mm-hmm. thing that went viral. And it's so funny. And then then I heard the singles and now I'm, I'm a Dua Lipa stan. Yeah. Did you ever see the all gay guy like Palm Springs Dua Lipa uh, music video remake? Oh, no? yeah. Yeah. Oh. I honestly think that might be some of the guys that I. That's yeah, what I no, totally about should it. be. I think it's. I think yeah. it's some of the guys that I picked. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I do remember that where they like walked around the house and like yeah. did a video to yes. it, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh my god, that's so funny. Maybe that's your next evolution. Is that 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 you somehow Photoshop yourself into the video? I have done two videos that have gone gotten really big. Oh. Um. One. No, three videos. One was those guys in Big Bear, mm-hmm. and they did this like grossly fake staged like walking around the party they're like making dinner and listening to christmas music and laughing and stuff and it it feels like a 90s sitcom opening like they'll catch the camera and go <laughs> and like smile and you know just that fake thing and are they shirtless no they're we- they're wearing clothes they're okay. wearing clothes but Tight um <laughs> so uh i I did that one actually clothed in that one. It's one of the only two times I've worn clothes mm. on my page. Um, but, uh, that one got that, that one went really big. That was one of the first things that went really big too. Like a lot of people shared it and stuff. Um, I, another point of the joke of my page is that my Photoshop skills are very crude. Yeah. <laughs> my editing is very crude. So this video is, I just had Rob like do a panning shot of me in our kitchen, you know, like totally, obviously a different room, but I just like inserted it into the thing. Um, and then, uh, I did another one. There were these guys, I don't know, but they're in this basement and a guy did just like a panning shot of 
all, I mean, like 15 shirtless guys literally just wearing tidy whities <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't I, I, know. I, I don't know why they're in that basement. I don't understand <sighs> any of that. So I and just, then there's I'm eating a bowl of cereal. <laughs> I don't I, I gasped know because I realized that I was not following this account, but I don't know how that, <laughs> I genuinely <laughs> did, don't don't know how that was possible, and I apologize. That's not that you oh, care. Oh, yeah. But um, oh yeah, God, so there's so much good stuff on here. Just the 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 crudeness of the editing is what just makes it silly to oh me. Oh my goodness! And people do give me Photoshop tips. They're like, you know, I can see the shadows don't line up, and I'm like, that's the yeah, point. Like, yeah. that's the point has become my response to every single criticism I've ever yeah. gotten. But I'm like, that's the point. Yeah. I just put, throw that in your bio. Yeah. <laughs> um, guys, if you're not following, uh, is it at gay fat friend? It's gay fat friend. Yeah. Um, and it's so much so good stuff on here. So I post every day. Now I have to do that. Of course. Got to make content. That's what That's happens. Right. Got to make content. Are, you talk about the new rules. Yeah. These I, are the uh, new rules. I, when it started to blow up, I asked my friends that had big accounts. I was like, what do I do? Yeah. And they were like, well, you got to keep, keep, Keep the momentum. Keep creating content. You gotta keep on. And so I was like, on. "Great!" So now I have to do it every day. Wow, I, it's so good. I'm just um, now I'm fully hypnotized by the account as I, <laughs> as I talk. But uh, I'm I'm so glad that we got you before you were too famous to oh. do uh, you know free podcasts. <laughs> right. Thank you. I uh, I love this podcast and I've wanted to come here for a long time. So I'm really glad it worked out. Yes, finally. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Todd. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.